This is Mark Henry, the world's strongest man, and you're listening to WNS. You're listening to the official Wrestling News Horse podcast. For all of your information, go to WrestlingNewsHorse.com or check us out on Facebook by searching WrestlingNewsHorse.com or WNS Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, and iTunes by searching Wrestling News Source Podcast or WNS Podcast. Now being broadcast in over 45 different countries, here are your hosts. Daniel Heron, Tyler Abair, and Doug. That's right. What's up, everyone? I am Daniel Heron. I'm Tyler Abair. Hi. Hello. I'm Doug. Hi, Doug. Yay. Welcome back. And welcome to episode 243 of the official podcast for WrestlingNewsSource.com. For all of your information, go to WrestlingNewsSource.com. Check us out on Facebook, WrestlingNewsSource.com. You can find us on Facebook, WNS Podcast, on YouTube, WNS Video, and on iTunes, Wrestling News Source Podcast. We're on Dat Stitcher, Beyond Pod, and Player.fm. Just search Wrestling News Source Podcast. That was my best uh, trend. Uh, yeah, the podcast is on Twitter. It's at WNS Podcast. Daniel's at WNS Twitter. Daniel. Tyler is at Tyler underscore Abe. There you there. go. So welcome to the show. Welcome back, Doug. We missed you. Hey, great I'm to, back. Great to have you back. Hey, this isn't popping dogs talking hogs. <laughs> no, I thought but... I was booked for that. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to. Never mind. So, uh, so welcome to the show. Got lots to talk about. Going to dive into some feedback. Talk about Night of Champions. Going to talk about Raw. Got a very special interview with WWE superstar, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. So don't go anywhere for that. But uh, how you doing? Doing fine. Doing yeah. Fine. Yep. 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 Hanging yep. in there. Hanging in Ready there. Ready for the show. Got your hair cut. Yes. Got your hair did. Got my hair did. All right. Good stuff. Looks stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a dumb haircut, Tyler. Get out of here. Hair looks stupid. So. Joking. I'm joking. Say Doug, how are you? It looks nice. I'm good. I'm yeah. just checking out Tyler's nice haircut. All right. Good stuff. So welcome <laughs> to the show. Very nice. We'll, uh, we'll kick things off with some feedback. First bit of feedback we have is from Brian saying, Hey guys, from a somewhat rainy California. Enjoyed the show as always. I think the shower talk made me wash up about five different ways this past week. Uh, anyway, we all knew that uh, Nikki Bella would, would take the record, and I, del- I dare you to take a shot for how many times we will hear the announcers jam that out in our ears on Sunday, meaning this past Sunday for, uh, for Night of Champions. It means nothing when your last title defense was before this was in July. I usually have to watch an Attitude Era episode of Raw to get the taste off my palate. Just got to the episode where Taker freaking hung Austin on the symbol. Anyway, love the show. Enjoy this. Uh, enjoy the show this Sunday, guys, and stop any fans who are trying to jump the barricade. Wow, talk about foreshadowing. Sorry, we let you down. We were in the upper section, and uh, we're unable to get to the I guy in time. Get there, yeah, fast enough. But I want to say something about Nikki's title reign. Um, I know it's sort of popular to put down Nikki and some of the other divas, but um, as far as number of title defenses, and I didn't personally like fact check this, but I heard someone out there who did go through the, the defenses and says she has roughly the same amount of defenses as AJ Lee. So if you're all over AJ Lee as this great diva, she's defi- she defended the title roughly the same amount of times as Nikki Bella. There you go. So I don't know, like, um, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I don't Yeah. I think it's just because they didn't, they didn't want her to hold on to it. Just a pers- personal preference for the, for the fans, and so, and not to mention, she was portraying the heel, so heels got to get booed, and yeah, yeah, she did, no, no. she did her job in getting booed. No, no, I'm fine if you if you if your personal taste uh, prefers AJ Lee. I mean, I don't think 
to me, there's not uh, that much of a difference between an AJ Lee and a Nikki Bella. Yeah. Um, I'm fine if your personal preference like leans to AJ over Nikki, but uh, if you're looking at facts, you can't just be like she didn't defend the title that much because AJ didn't either. Right. So, uh, but thank you very much, Brian. We did enjoy the show, and we're going to neither of that is neither of the women's fault, though. Right. Right. Uh, and again, sorry for not stopping the fan who jumped the barricade because that is indeed what happened. Uh, next bit of feedback we have is from Subs. Subs. Saying, if only CM Punk stayed in WWE for just one more year, he could have had the most amazing storylines with Kevin Owens, Neville, Balor, Zayn, and so many more. So we'll never know what could have been had he had he toughed it out a little bit longer. But you know he did what he felt was best, and uh, yeah. and I agree with him for making the decision. You know you don't want your body to break down on you and you know cause injury or self harm or any, anything like that. So walking away was the best decision he could have made. So if he if he really wants to go up against these guys, if he if you know he'd like to give the fans something like that, I'm sure he'll. Try and negotiate something, but until then, it looks like he's uh, he's focused on UFC, and you know I applaud him for that. So good stuff. But thanks for the uh, for the feedback, subs. Um, before we dive into Night of Champions, we did get to uh, have a little bit of fun before that Sunday. Uh, I know last Thursday, Tyler and I we got to go to Houston to uh, to see the fine folks of NXT. Before getting to the show and talk a little about that, mm-hmm. I think everything that. Uh, like going up there just kind of worked out pretty good just yeah. by just little little things just because we found a good parking spot mm-hmm. right like a block away <laughs> in the F <laughs> section did, where you uh, like to flip the off. burn uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, disregard that uh, in the parking lot <laughs> and then we we got there what like an hour and a half yeah something like hour. that because so we I wanted to beat traffic I didn't know yeah. if there would be construction or anything you never know what you're going to run into in downtown Houston yeah. so I asked you know hey let's just let's leave a little early and we can just chill somewhere and you know fortunately we got very lucky in, in finding a parking space and uh, the the Hard Rock Cafe was <laughs> right, next right next door to the uh, to the venue yeah uh, I mean you're not even crossing the sidewalk you're you're turning right and there's the building so we got, got some, to go inside food and, yeah, got some food, saw a lot of wrestling fans, which is pretty cool to see. You know, you walk in and you're like, okay. Talk who, to a few people. Who else is here? Yeah, what's up, Ben? If you're if you're listening to this, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, also, the guys from uh, Cult of Kayfabe, I believe they, they said they were going to download the show this week. So, uh, cool, cool. shout out to those guys as well if you're listening. If not, oh well. Um, but yeah, we had a really good time chilling in a Hard Rock Cafe. Big cast. You didn't like what I said about Nikki. And AJ, they already turned the show off. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> They're like, screw this guy. I'm out of here. Um, but yeah, we were we finished up at the bar. And we were sitting at the bar, and then Cass came in. Yeah. And then uh, everyone flocked to him. Yeah. Which was kind of amazing to at see. At least you like, got the picture with him before yeah. he got out the door. I, I think I was either dead last or second to last person. What was he person. doing? He just went in there, he, looked around. He, yeah, and he kind of just walked in. Like He walked in. Walked up to like the little gift shop area, kind of looked around, and then people started to approach him. So we don't know what his intentions were when he originally walked in, but uh, people started approaching him for pictures and and all that. And so he was like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna step back outside." And uh, run. Luckily, I was able to get a picture of him or with him before uh, yeah. before we got it. But we got to go inside the uh, no longer Bayou Music Center. It's now the Reinvention Center, I believe. Yeah. Um, had a really named 
yeah. three, three or four Verizon times. Wireless Center and yeah. Bayou Music Center and Reinvention Center. So we've got inside and uh, met another person who uh, who wanted to talk podcasting with us. Uh, Evil Dr. Tran, yeah. I believe is what he's calling himself. And uh, and he's doing a podcast on pop culture. Um, what was it called? I can't, I can't Retro remember. Cave. Retro Cave. Yeah, the Retro Cave podcast. So he talks about pop culture and, and Mario and stuff like that. So um, he also didn't like what I said about Nicky. <laughs> All these people no, that said they're gonna like our stuff, like I hey, guess what, y'all are a bunch of assholes. Yeah. No, not them, us. Uh, oh yeah, not them. I'm just saying they're gonna say we're, we're a bunch of assholes, assholes yeah. and they're gonna turn. They're gonna unlike us. So okay, well, Warp Cave. That's what it was. Oh, I'm sorry, man. You were way God, off. What? Um, I bet now I'm a dumbass. Warp Cave podcast. So uh, <sighs> make sure to give it a like, give it a listen, and let them know that we yeah. sent you in. Uh, got to talk wrestling with him as well. So bad. And uh, sorry, man. And one of our listeners, Chuck, walked Chuck, up to us yeah, during we intermission. Met him at NWA um, uh, at the Invasion. Invasion. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, said he hey, lived down. The is street. he really a listener? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he said he listens to us. You guys are really fucking defensive about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. if you could have been yeah, in the on. studio and seen their face, <laughs> like, yeah, that motherfucker said he listened to our show. He was he was in the upper deck, and I guess he saw us. And walked down during the intermission to say, "Hey, man, thanks for posting the pictures like of NXT or you know getting ready for NXT because I didn't know that it was going on. Hmm. So I went on to StubHub, printed out a ticket, and came down here because he just, lives in Houston. Look, guys, I, look, I gotta be honest. I just find it a little bit weird when like whenever I'm not around and you guys are like, people come up to us and swear, <laughs> swear they listen to this fucking show." Oh, I never, knew we should have taken never pictures. Ha- never happened. We should have taken pictures. Pics or it didn't happen. Yeah. Wait, there was one picture. I know there is at least one, so I'll try and I'll try and pull that up. But uh, take y'all's word on it. Yeah. Oh, I got it right here. Yeah, Tyler's got. You got it. I don't have it. It's on Facebook. But well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's it's on Facebook. It does exist. So there there is someone who took a picture with us. Yeah, we're here. So it was a really good time. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Let me see this guy. Podcast section. Confirm his. Being alive. <laughs> All right, that's a guy taking a picture with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> a yep. good time. All right. Is he listened to the show before? No. No, no, that's... I see, that's not what I'm fucking uh, talking about. That's when we we, we exchange podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that's how you say... No, how you say that. Yeah, we exchange podcasts. Yeah. We, we exchanged info. Info. That's it. Yeah. So uh, it was well, the Warp Cave podcast. Warp. Yeah. I feel like a dumbass for saying the other retro. The retro cave. That's probably some other podcast. Yeah, you just, they just gained free plugs. Way to go! The Warp Cave podcast, and uh, thanks for thanks to Chuck for coming down and saying hi. We appreciate it. He said he listens to the uh, the radio show, uh, Sports Radio Beaumont. He listens. I think to, he said he catches that more than podcasts. Yeah, he listens to it uh, while he's at work. He's uh, a okay. he's a firefighter. Uh, yes. Wow. So okay, really cool stuff. So we appreciate yeah, I everyone. Guess, here. Man, I guess I believe you guys. Yeah. These people exist. You have to believe. <laughs> so, um, so really good. Yeah. So we got to go see NXT, and another little thing too was there was a lot of people there, and it was mm-hmm. it was a cool setting. But like in our section, there wasn't too many people on our row. Yeah. I mean, not section. We had some row. elbow room, thankfully. Yeah. So that's good with elbow. The chairs room. were insanely tight together. Yeah. So. That was also a plus too. And, yeah, and I can you know stand up and you know you're not that person who's blocking someone behind because there was, mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't too many people around. So yeah, got to see Steve Demarco there. Yeah, got to see Sign Guy. He was out there. He's as everywhere. Well. Yeah, 
I really don't know how he does it. But um, because he won all that money on deal. Or no, no, that deal. would have been gone by now. There's no way. Not necessarily. No, it would have been gone by. He probably invested it. Maybe I don't know. I'm just talking <laughs> stuff. Anywho, um, you know, we got to see the the competitors from NXT. Oh my God, talk about you know getting goosebumps from the reaction that Enzo and Kaz got. They kicked off the show. They kicked off NXT live, and I I literally I tapped. Tyler on the uh, on the arm, and I was like, "Dude, look, I'm getting goosebumps from the from the reaction that they're getting because yeah. it was just so energetic, electric." Yeah, that too. Um, you, you know, you can't you can't really put over how popular these guys are with the crowd. So it was really good. Mm-hmm. You know? And they they first um, Jason Jordan and Chad Gable. And man, those guys are some talented dudes. Yeah. They're the uh, they're the new. They're looking like they're going to be the new Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. Like it was, they've it was, they've it got was, their timing right. They've got you know their ring work is is solid. These guys are going to be uh, some pretty good guys to look at in the future. It was a fun match, and mm-hmm. highly enjoyable. So. Yeah, we also got to see uh, Bull Dempsey and uh, who did he go up Ty against? Dillinger. Ty Dillinger. Got to see them. Got to see uh, Solomon Crow go up against uh, Apollo Cruz. Got to see Carmella going up against uh, who did she face? Oh, Dana Blake. Brooke. Dana Brooke. Yeah, Blake and Murphy were in action. I don't uh, against the Vaude villains for the the the, the titles. Yeah, the tag titles. Yeah, and um, uh, it was Samoa Joe versus uh, Baron, Baron Corbin. Corbin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bailey versus Emma. Yeah, and um, Balor versus Breeze. Yeah. So, so it was just it was just cool all around and fun atmosphere mm-hmm. and, uh, very intimate because you know the the arena that they chose to have it in it's not the biggest it probably seats about two thousand people or three thousand i, I love tops. stuff like that i love that you know like yeah being part of stuff like that so you have a great you have a good view yeah pretty much wherever you are so sure. it was a really good time um you know, if if they come to your town or your area, make sure you attend. You got a shirt. I got a program, mm-hmm. which was the program was really neat. Yeah, just because it had like pretty much everybody uh, that's in NXT, or I should say, current now, and mm-hmm. then the people who were successful that made it into Raw, you know, SmackDown yeah. and stuff like that. They showed like Biggie and Seth Rollins when they won the title and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it, it was just a pretty cool book yeah so you also got your connor's cure yes. bracelets there as well so it was a really good time really cool and then uh then saturday or i guess one thing that we could mention that was pretty cool on their way home was that uh we didn't have to pay for our parking oh yeah yeah that was another little thing too <laughs> which is you know, all those little things like add up and it, it's really cool mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest with you because we're like okay so it's gonna be we were there there we over three hours, so it's over fifteen dollars. Yeah, and then there was another event going on. People were dressed up. I don't know where they were going to, but people had suits and dresses on, and you know, we picked the right exit. Yeah, <laughs> and I was we like, didn't yes, have to pay yes, for it. Yes, no, <laughs> yes. So fifteen bucks saved in the pocket. Yeah. Really good time. Uh, Saturday, we got to go to WWE Live. Had a really good time there. Um, was fortunate enough to get to go backstage and meet the primetime players. <laughs> Underneath the stands. Underneath the stands, that's right. Um, I don't know. I, I know I know you were kind of disappointed. Oh, uh, okay. 
I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, yes, I am. Like, because this is my first uh, meet and greet with WWE superstars. So, mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I thought it was going to be a, uh, like, a, like a regular room, maybe a few guys in there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's what I thought. And, it, I mean, and don't get me wrong. It was cool seeing the primetime players. I thought there was going to be a little more. Maybe I'm More greedy. people. Maybe I'm greedy. I don't know. Yeah. From from my experience of uh, of, like, meet and greets and stuff, you know, Kelsey and I got to go backstage – I use air quotes for that backstage uh, to meet Fallout Boy uh, a couple years ago, and it's it's so quick. It's one of those things where it's like you walk in there, hey, how you doing? Oh, nice to meet you. Okay, take a picture, click. Okay, all right, well, thanks for coming. Hope to hope you have a great night, and that's it. You know, so it you know you, you think it also you um, hear you hear backstage pass, and you're like, oh, dude, I'm gonna go and see the inner workings. They're gonna show me all this cool shit. They're gonna sign like autographs and pictures oh, and think about the inner workings you know. i just thought there's gonna be more people yeah and i, I kind of feel bad saying that because they're like you greedy bastard yeah. you, you know <laughs> you greedy bastard so but I, I i don't know but no the primetime players are really cool i mm-hmm. mean it was quick yes but uh, still cool yeah because i've never done that before so yeah really cool experience they took a picture with us and autographed our tickets talked to you so, for a little bit yeah asking about my nxt houston shirt so it was a really good time and then uh the the matches themselves were a lot of fun my god the woman who was sitting behind us was a weird lady she was cursing randomly and like what she was moaning during when yes. John cena came out yes i don't know she had an orgasm what i don't know what her deal was can you recreate that for me? God, I can. <laughs> no, he, he did it. He I did, did it, it at Buffalo Wild Wings that it, night. Do it. Do it. Do like, it. Like, okay. Well, I need to. T- I need time to set up because you heard. <laughs> Look, you heard I'll, her do, I'll, I'll be seeing it for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, this woman was either oh, drunk on. on something or both because this woman was like completely out of her mind. Good for her. <laughs> but. Um, I mean, if 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 she was she was kind of a distracting. It was very distracting. Crowd, I, I know when she was she shouting, was cursing, shouting obscenities for no that was, reason. Yeah, that, that was yeah. While there are children around. All right, that's you know. yeah, that's no that's no good lady. Yeah, and uh, are you prepared? She she wasn't exactly the most hygienic hygienic smelling person. Um, but I mean. There was a point where her friends sitting next to her were talking with one another, and she was like, "Why the fuck are y'all talking about me?" Y'all, he's, and he, they're like, "We're not talking about you. What is wrong with you?" And she lifted up her seat because you know they have the like the fold down seats. Mm-hmm. She lifted up the seat and sat on the floor. Yeah, this is a grown woman, shit. late thirties, forties, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. doing this. So you're like, this woman has to be on something. Like well, she is out care. of her mind. I'm I'm totally fine with her being on whatever she wants to be on. Just don't be such a distracting member of the crowd. She was very distracting. All right, we'll recreate this moment. Okay, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. You 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 gotta do it. I don't know if she had just run out of breath Mm -hmm. in doing it. What's your get? What's her best guess? Was it like a like an exclamation point on seeing some hot wrestling action? I don't know, (laughs) but like John Cena's a good looking dude. He's got a nice body. I, I get it. So, uh, is, I mean, is, was it that or it was like, I can't breathe? I don't know. I, I was afraid to look back and see what she was doing. See, Where's her hands? You guys, you guys are, you guys are like turning back. You guys built it up as like, no, she was fucking. It. You gotta do it. You gotta she do was, it. You, you recreate the moan and I'll okay. tell you if it sounds well, Okay, more, throughout the night, she's like, like boom, bullshit, bullshit, fucking bullshit. I'm like, they're making their entrance. 
Like, what are you doing? So, okay, so I, John Cena's match comes up. I'm, right, I'm, will, I'm fast forwarding because you're, pre- point, you're pressing me on it. So I'm fast forwarding to it. And, um, I'll be the judge of this. So the match is going on, and she sits there, and she'll just sit up and go, John Cena, go! Go, John Cena! Woo! Woo! Oh! 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 My interpretation Woo! John Cena! Oh! Oh! Where hands go? I, I didn't look that. My interpretation of that is it starts. Uh, a, it started as an uh, out of breath from the scream and uh, morphed into more of a sexual experience. Yeah, like she was like, you know, how some people like get off on choking, choking. <laughs> yeah, and those all that? people often die doing. <laughs> they do, but like maybe she was. I don't know. Right. I don't know. I'm like I said. I was Didn't, afraid like, to look the back. The Highlander guy died doing that. Oh, I have no idea. But uh, one of those dudes. Died. It was one of the craziest wow. experiences of my life to to. <laughs> sit in front of that person. Or yeah, that's, that's one thing that did crack me up was the people who were sitting next to her. They were like, "I'm not fucking taking you anywhere ever again." And then, uh, you know, I brought my camera with me to to take pictures because it's got that incredible Took zoom a on. Of it. This lady? No, I did not. <laughs> I did not. I did not. But yeah, funny story, did. her friends sitting next to her, like one of them tapped me on the shoulder, and I was like, "Yes." And he was like, "Hey, man, what kind of phone is that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's, it's not a phone. It's a camera. It's a what? Can it was a what phone?" I was like, no, it's like an actual camera. It was like, oh shit, man, dude, that that thing's got zoom. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, it sure does. It's it's a camera, all right. It's I swear, you should have made up a phone name and told him that. Like, yeah. This is a so and so. Verizon has it. It's a Galactic Airwind or something. But uh, yeah, very strange experience. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> it was uh, the show. I mean, it it was fun. Um, it, they did something a little weird because uh, they had two, well, two TVs or what would you call it? Trons? Yeah. Well, there weren't the little that, miniature that big ones. mini ones. When they played like a whole match on it, like before like the event started. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that. That was weird. But then the, the was it me? Or was I thought that the, the volume the whole night was Yeah, they were having volume loud. issues. It was, it was, it was like screeching like sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, good ah. Uh, uh, I didn't hear that. I didn't get to hear that because that's when she that's whenever down. she moved over okay. and sat right behind me. Because I, I, I swear, how I was could it have been that big of a deal if Tyler didn't hear it? Because he was like four seats over. I heard the cursing. Why didn't y'all sit together? No, we well, did. We did, but there was one seat between us. So it was like it was Kelsey, me, Space, Daryl, Tyler. Why didn't y'all, y'all left a space between you? So we can have elbow room. That's weird, guys. I'm going to put that out there. That's a little weird. That's, that's a little weird, guys. so far away. I know. Why do not want to, like, if I was there, I would have If I was there, I would have plugged that hole. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's, what, that's why we left it there. It was, you would it was, plug, that was your spot. You would plug our hole? Yeah. yeah. Plug our hole, Doug. Like I haven't already. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you got our back. Yeah. Or hole. Our hole back. Our hole back. Our back hole. So, uh... Yeah, so it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Uh, got to see Mark Henry. Got to see the Miz, Lucha Dragons, the New Day, who were absolutely entertaining. Had a really good time watching them. Um, Kevin Owens, Kevin Brian Owens, back, John Cena, Seth Rollins, Big Show, Cesaro, Big Show and Cesaro. Yeah, that was an, that was a strange match. Natalia, Natalia was there. That was before she came back. Yeah, so we got to see her return. Uh, Alicia Fox. Um, 
Yeah, it was. It was good. Got to see the Dudleys. Sign guy again. Sign guy again. Yes, the second night. <laughs> we got to see him. Second of three nights, so we got to see sign guy. Well, that was at, another thing. An event. He was sitting in the corner, sign guy, and it was close to the microphone. You can hear everything he said, and they never turn until the end. Yeah. They never turned the microphone off. I'm like, yeah. they got on to him once because he was talking to Big Show. He's like, yeah, you're a big piece of crap. And then they <laughs> they like walked over to him like, dude, you can't be saying that. He's like, I can't say crap. Hey, you know what? Like, you know, we, we always talk about Xavier Woods every like week on TV, how you can hear him. You know why? Because, like, I mean, this is not, I didn't see the show you guys did, but mm-hmm. at the, at the, the paper, he, he stands right next to the camera and does it. That's how you can hear him so clearly on TV. Well, that and uh, they've got his trombone mic'd up. Yeah. So everything that he's saying is going into that microphone oh, as I didn't well. Know it was but at Night at Champions, when he was doing his, like, I'm not going to stop yelling, he was doing it like the camera was here and he was, like, in the camera. Like, yeah. Just to where he couldn't be. No day, no day, no day. All That's day. how he comes across so clearly. Mm hmm. It was that was entertaining too, but we'll dive into the Night of Champions in just a little bit. But yeah, we had a great time at WWE Live. Um, very got out there story. pretty quickly too. Yeah, we we got out as soon as soon as the match ended. We left because the, we, the match ended because Seth Rollins did a low blow on Cena, and yeah. you know something was going to happen again. Yeah, you know, like Cena was going to give us revenge. Like, hey, the bell just rang. Let's go. Yeah, or we got to beat the crowd. We did good. So. Mm-hmm. Had a really good time. Because we saw what happened when we were walking out. Oh, y'all yeah. left early? A little, not much. Because we saw what happened at the end when Josh yeah, walked we, out. Yeah, as we were walking towards the doors, we were watching what was happening. So, once when his music hit for the, yay, crowd goes home happy kind of stuff, we were exiting, exiting mm. the doors. So, not too bad. I don't know if I like that, guys. Oh, come on now. Um, And then Sunday, we actually... So that was Saturday night. Sunday, we got up, drove to Houston, where we got to uh, ha- enjoy ringside a day oh with Jim gosh, Ross. Gosh, that was a blast. That was so fun. Like, I, I, I didn't know what to expect. Really, I know it was just he's going to talk, but oh man, it was such so more than that. He just <laughs> like so many stories, so many things that you know he shared. There was questions. People, he said, he, uh, I guess Jr. told that guy who was hosting mm-hmm. to tell everyone. No questions is, you know, like... Nothing's off limits. Off limits. And, you know, no one went really crazy with anything, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, but it, it was all good, and it was so fun and funny. Mm-hmm. I wish we could do it again. Yeah. Doug, what was your take on the uh, ringside with JR? Hang on. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was trying to figure out if it was the... David Carradine is the erotic asphyxiation guy I was talking about. Was he in Highlander or only in Kung Fu? I don't know if he was in Highlander. I know he was in Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah, of course. He died that way? Damn. That's how he died. That's how that man went. Damn. Wow. I mean, that's your thing. Handle your biz, but just be careful, guys. Yeah. That's fucking danger. Yeah. Once you start seeing spots, it's like, all right, I might want to yeah, maybe, <gasps> maybe, maybe you have someone you can confide in to be there for you in case something crappy yeah. happens. Yeah. yeah. Just choke me out a little bit, but not that much. And I don't know. <laughs> That's that's serious. Though. I mean, I'm not passing judgment. Like, if yeah. that's your thing, do your thing. I'm People saying, are into it. Be fucking careful. That's yeah. dangerous. Don't die. Yeah, that's yeah. the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rule number one: Don't die from this. <clears throat> so, uh, all right. Well, what were your thoughts on uh, ringside with Jr.? It was cool. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, cool. <laughs> any any further elaboration? <laughs> any favorite stories that he told or? Moments. And you know the bad thing is there's certain things that there's a lot of things that stuck out, but I know I can't retell it that good. You know. Yeah. 
favorite story? Um, <clears throat> nah, I don't, I don't know if there, if there was something I'd point out is that he's a little bit more, not that I think he's like uptight or anything, but he's he was a little bit more candid than I expected him to be. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit more like, um, not as like straight laced as you would expect him. He, he seems like, I don't want to get the impression that I think he's like a tight ass or anything. It's just like, he seems a little bit more like proper and straight laced than he right. comes across in the show. He's very loose and very, very sort of, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the right word would be. Open. He's super candid. I, I don't yeah. know. That's probably the best word. Yeah. He's very open about his, sure. about his past. Yeah. That was cool. The one thing I, I will say, because I remember this mostly so I can re-say it, like, uh, I guess it was him and Ric Flair uh, <laughs> when they were working together and they were in a limo. He said it was a, a limo for four people. Yeah. It was him, uh, Rick, and two ladies they picked up, and they were they were going somewhere. I don't know if it's the club or whatever or the hotel. I really don't remember that part. But um, on their way, and uh, he looked at the ladies, and they had, like, a weird look on their face, and they were kind of looking away and all that stuff. <laughs> He didn't think nothing of it, but uh, he kept on getting nudged by Rick, and um, I think he didn't do nothing for a while. Yeah. He kept on nudging him, and he kept on seeing the ladies' like faces just have like disgust and stuff. <laughs> and I think he like really like nudged him in the ribs really hard. And he looked at him, he looked down, and he's like, "Oh man!" And then Rick had his uh, penis out, and uh, <laughs> um, I think well, he described it as a little kid's arm holding an apple, and. <laughs> I, don't know, I just lost my shit whenever Tyler's he said that. Tyler's saying penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's it's the proper term. Yeah. We're going technical. Scientific term. Clinical. I, I thought he was surprisingly candid about, not that I thought he was some sane or anything, but he was sort of open about like drug use and partying and stuff, yeah. which I thought was a little crazy. Not that he was some like horrible addict or anything. He just talked about like smoking pot and stuff, which is- Oh, who, I've got, a, I've got another business meeting and- <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be late tonight. It's just like whenever I pick like J- when I picture Jr. I don't picture him like smoking pot and stuff. Yeah, but he was just pretty candid about all that shit, which is kind of cool. Sort of riding with Flair, picking up chicks. Yeah, like. <laughs> while he was married. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was wife number two. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was just super like sort of chill about everything. So cool. Like in the uh, Jim Cornette story. Oh my gosh, I know that one. I can't. I can't read. <laughs> tell it because i don't i mean i remember there's certain parts i don't remember i can't tell mm-hmm. that well but it was still pretty cool when we first got there we met him i didn't have nothing to sign we had our tickets but we didn't know how it would work he brought some pictures yeah um of him and stuff and he signed it and he was talking to everyone you know i don't mm-hmm. i don't think he talked to you that Not much really. or whatever but he he did the same thing so i threw something out there and i was like hey so what's next on the tour and you know he says he's not going to continue it right now until football season is over mm-hmm all the bowls or whatever done. And yeah. So I was like, oh, that's cool. But he he talked to Doug. Yeah. So. Talked to you for a, for a short while. Um, but um, Yeah, it was cool. And then um, I know, was it in the middle of the show or before the show started? I don't know, but people were whispering like, oh, it's all Scott Hall. It's all yeah, Scott it was Hall. right before. And then, because I, I think I just got back from the restroom. And then... Um, then uh, before the Q&A, after he said all the stories before the Q&A, he goes, oh, I have a guest. Yo, Chico, you want to come out? And here comes mm-hmm. Scott Hall, and everyone was like, Woo. That was a really nice It surprise. was really cool, and he he's funny as hell, too. Yeah. He started busting on the young butts. Bucks a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> you deadly do right, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, JR can do impressions, too. It's, it's pretty good. 
Uh, yeah, I was shocked he had some impressions. Who did? Who all did he do? He did Cornette. Cornette, uh, he Dusty. Did, he did Dusty. Did he do H? No, he didn't do like a, a thing. He did someone else too, there. Right? Was it Funk? He did Funk. Yeah, I want to say he had someone else. Though. I don't know. You dudley do right, motherfucker. Someone asked, <laughs> yeah, that's the Jim Cornette uh, one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think someone asked about uh, Chel Sonnen uh, using his gimmick and all that stuff, or uh, Scott Hall and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I, I don't know where he saw him, what event they saw him. He took a picture of him. He's like, hey, can I do the NWO? And I, I don't know if he said that, but he said this to us. And he's like, yeah, you can do it, you mark. <laughs> he called Chel Sonnen mark. <laughs> Yo, Ginger. <laughs> He's hilarious. They're, they're, it was just awesome. I That was really fun. Yeah. Really so if, fun. If one of those shows comes somewhere nearby you, it. go see it. Whether really. it be Jim Ross, whether it be Mick Foley, any of those guys that are doing these now, it's a, go, it's a lot of fun. It, yeah. And what was cool is that you, you knew what kind of crowd would be there. This is the Jim Ross fan. Yeah. You know? And so <clears throat> I was sitting there feeling like, to be honest, I felt like I was on a back porch or you know back patio. Steaks are grilling, game is on. The fans we're just were sitting there. there. They were cool as hell. I mean, yeah. they weren't saying stupid stuff. And yeah. Like, okay, a lot of stuff. Like, stuff is not off limits. Some guy asked, "Is Vince McMahon evil?" Yeah. You know, and like you know, like whoa, like did you just say that? Mm-hmm. But you know, and he answered it. Yeah. You know? Nothing. Someone asked about CM Punk. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a really good time, and, and like I said, it felt like we were all just a couple of dudes sharing stories and, you know, having some drinks, and it was a really good time, and I'm I'm really glad we got to go to that, because it oh, was, for sure, it for was sure. a lot of fun, so <clears throat> highly recommended, WNS Podcast approved. Yeah. Like, the, the thing that I would say that's pretty cool is, and I've never been to his, like, traveling show, but he sort of geared it to be Houston wrestling-centric, mm-hmm. so he told a lot of stories that revolved around you know, like Mid-South and uh, stuff like that that, that actually ran Texas. He, he he focused the stories around, like, uh, Texas wrestling, which was, like, pretty cool. Story about how Ted DiBiase was almost killed. And <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so really good stuff. And then uh, after the show, we went back to the uh, to the vehicle to put our, uh, our autographed Jim Ross pictures back in the car and grab our tickets to walk on over we'll to the Toyota Center. To pick, we, yeah. We were late to or we got in the middle of the uh the kickoff match. The kickoff match. Yeah. We walked in we walked into the Toyota Center as Neville's music was was playing. And so uh so we missed probably the first half of it. But uh you know I I I, I was totally fine with it because as we were walking up we were watching the pre-show on the on the network on our phones and um when we got to the arena there was absolutely zero line to get in well on that side on that oh yeah on the side that we went in there there was was zero line so but the side there was people there i think they had something going on because they had the weird ring outside yeah that's where they were doing the pre-show that's where booker and uh and all of them were so they were having the that outside and it was you know pretty cool to see but um we took our seats Got to enjoy the uh, the kickoff match, which was the Cosmic Wasteland going up against Neville and the Lucha Dragons. We didn't get to see all of it, so it's kind of hard to judge. Um, but Cosmic Wasteland does end up getting the victory. So uh, that takes us into the uh, the actual pay-per-view itself. First matchup, Ryback versus Kevin Owens for the Intercontinental Championship. And um, I kind of I, I tried to go back and watch it 
on the network so I could kind of get a feel for how the commentary was doing as well. I didn't get to finish it, but uh, um, I enjoyed this matchup. I didn't get to see the raking of the eyes until I went back and rewatched it. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that either. I thought this match went. Yeah, I was trying. Oh, sorry, I was trying my best because, like, like we talked about before, if you go to an event, I don't look at the Tron that mm-hmm. much. I try to look, you know, at the ring, and we were at at, at the top. So yeah, there's certain little things that we may have missed. I don't mm-hmm. care if you look at the screen. That's just my rule for myself. <laughs> like I just, to me, it's like if I gonna get the TV experience, I, I should have just stayed at home. You know? What yeah, I, mean? I agree I, with you. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I want to feel like. You guys are fucking doing it wrong. Or whatever. <laughs> like, do whatever you want to do. Marks. Yeah. <laughs> TV marks. But, um, but yeah, so Kevin Owens going up against Ryback. I felt like the match went better than uh, than I had expected it to be. Was it better than the house show? <laughs> yeah. I would say so. Because um, they did face each other at the WWE Live event. A lot of the matches were sort of, uh, you know, teasers to the Night of Champions. So they're sort of getting ready to roll out their spots. But um, Kevin Owens ends up getting the victory to become the new Intercontinental Champion. What did you guys think about the matchups? Um, I would have liked to have seen all the, and I don't know that it's necessarily possible, but I would like to have seen all the limb work pay off in the finish, which it really didn't. He just yeah. raked the eyes and rolled them up. But I thought it was fine. I think they are trying to keep Ryback to sub 10-minute matches, which is probably smart. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was fine. It's cool to see the belt on Owens. I think you can essentially accomplish the same thing with Owens that you wanted to do with Daniel Bryan by giving him that belt. If you give him a, a decent enough run, I think he can restore some credibility, same way Cena's restored credibility to the U.S. title. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's cool. I think the right guy won. Um, the match was fine, but uh, I don't know. Sort of bugs me when you do so much limb work and it doesn't pay off in the finish, but yeah. uh, it was fine. Um, one thing I am glad that that we had was a was a good section. I know we've had problems in the past with with shows that we went to where there's just that annoying group of people and they're just chanting whatever just to chant. Uh, and, uh, fun little fact: um, when we were standing in line for the Jr. thing, there was this guy right in front of us, and uh, what's <laughs> so funny is. He was actually in front of us at uh, Night of Champions. Like, yeah. The row. I was like, what are the odds? He was the person standing in front of us to meet JR, and then he was the person sitting directly in front of us for uh, for Night of Champions. Which he cracked me up because he was, uh, he was really Night into Champions. it. Yeah, he was really into it. In Night of Champions, he, he brought a friend. And, Who did uh, not give a fuck. Yeah, he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I, felt, I, I mean, he just wanted to talk about it and just show him, you know, hey, this is. Here's the backstory. So and so and all that stuff, and uh, and this friend didn't like give a shit. It was just like you know when you're excited about something, you're trying to get your buddy into it by explaining it to him and why it's cool and why it matters, and like his his friend just couldn't be bothered. But that lady next to him was talking to him. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they were together, but they should have went together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they at least had a good time. But he was he was pumped about it, and he got into it. You know, like if he didn't like this person, he's like, oh, this guy shouldn't be here, and you know, <laughs> and that 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 did put a smile on my face. So. And whenever uh, the it made new, me laugh too during so. the New Day match, whenever Xavier was getting the table, he's like, "Oh, I wish you'd bring that table," and you know exactly what's going to happen to you. So uh, it was it was good to see. So I'm glad that we didn't have an obnoxious section, uh, an obnoxious crowd. Um, but yeah, so it was a good time, and uh, Kevin Owens ended up becoming the new Intercontinental That's what Champion. We yeah, to happen and. So yeah. uh, next up, we got to see Dolph Ziggler going up against Rusev. And um, 
you know, the crowd was super hot for Ziggler. Um, yeah, that's the hard thing. Like I was, I was trying to remember parts of the match, and it was just, I don't know. But a lot of people were saying that the match came off really well. It looked really good. I'm, I don't know. What about you, Doug? You know, I honestly don't know if I have anything to, uh, any real takeaway from the match. Yeah. I mean, the ending came with uh with Summer Rae throwing her shoe in disgust after she had been thrown out right. and ends up hitting Rusev, which... Oh, was that... That was the one where she was on the edge or whatever, mm-hmm. they, and she kind of flipped into the ring. Yeah. But that... And he threw her out, but that was no reason to throw her out. She just kind of... She was just there, and she got flipped into the ring. Right. Well, she was trying to, like, assert herself in the match. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't feel like it came off that way. She was just right there. I know she was getting attention, but she didn't do nothing. Mm-hmm. But soon she throws her shoe one way and grabs another shoe and... I guess tries to throw it at the ref and ends up hitting Rusev instead. Zigzag. Roo, one, two, three. And uh, Ziggler ends up getting the victory. And so. then that, all that stuff is whole. It's just weird. Still going. He had he had Lana's face on his crotch. Yeah, that was kind of strange. <laughs> on the so. tights. <laughs> What's all like her crazy? Check out my girlfriend's mm-hmm. face. This is where it is. <laughs> this is look. where it is. Yeah. Look, on where, look where your ex-girlfriend's face is. Yeah, that's right. Uh, after that, we got to see the Dudley boys going up against the New Day. Okay. Um, <laughs> I left you hanging. You did. You you left me hanging. Um, New Day came out first and uh, and cut a promo about how they're I doing. I missed uh, all of that shit because I sh- <laughs> the line was so long for food, and I just wanted I wanted some more food, and it lasted like a match and a half, so I missed all that shit. Yep, you Damn missed it, it all. Um, but it's okay. You can go back and rewatch it on the on the network for nine nine nine. I'm sure. Why not? <laughs> I'm just promoting it. Yeah, I haven't gotten any money for you for for paying for that for access. Anyways, what? Um, what? <laughs> what? what? So, uh, so New Day cuts a promo. They're doing a save the tables movement. And they've got autograph or you know endorsements from Bill Nye the Science Guy and. <laughs> Jake from State Farm and and <laughs> President Obama Jake and from State Farm. Yeah, like a good table, new day is there. Is that what they said? That's what they said. Um, Doug, what do you think about this? I mean, they were entertaining, just like they are every fucking week. I mean, you mean specifically the? Oh, the, the promo. yeah, you do the promo. I like that. Uh, I like that they knew they like that. Uh, to like throw Obama in there because they're in Texas, which is a notorious fucking like red state. They were like, "Yeah, we got Obama to sign." <laughs> the crowd was just like fucking booing Obama. I was like, "Classic, dude. classic." Rolling uh, with Obama. Uh, going back to the house show, sorry, but whenever they came out, New Day's like, "Oh, what did they say? Oh, Beaumont." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, Beaumont." Yeah. Because at first I was like, "Did he say PA?" And it was like Beaumont or something like that. Like he completely butchered the name, but it was pretty. It was still pretty funny, but uh, but yeah, the Dudley Boys came out to face the New Day for the tag team championship, and um, I don't know what what did you think about this matchup, Doug? I know Tyler was unable to to catch it, but what did you think? I thought it was fine. It was kind of, I don't know. It's it seemed like standard fare from like these guys, mm-hmm. and I felt like the. Like the payoff, it seems like they're building to like the fucking. They they did it once with Xavier, I know, the first night, but it's like since they then they started the whole like we're gonna save the tables. So I felt like them going through the table is the payoff, and they shouldn't have gone through a table until like they were ready to go over again. You right. Know what I mean? Like that's the 
that's the end of the feud. Like from the first time until they finally blow off the feud, the whole because you lose the heat if they like they're doing this whole save the tables thing, but the, they're getting put through tables is like yeah, not you know what I and mean? the contradictory of them getting the tables themselves yeah, yeah, to yeah. try and which yeah. I know is a heel tactic like. Oh, we, we say one thing, but we do the opposite. Or... I'm fine with them getting the tables. I just thought they shouldn't have gone through the table. Yeah. And I know that's like a, and I know that's a way to keep uh, the Dudleys strong mm-hmm. because they lost. I mean, they didn't, they won the DQ. Like, right. So it's like a way f- to pop the crowd for the Dudleys without having to, to make them win the match because mm-hmm. they shouldn't win at this point yet. I think you can accomplish that in a different way because I think, I still think the table thing is the payoff spot. Right. Well, they did the exact same spot at WWE Live minus the trombone. Well, I think the house shows uh, are different because that's like non-canonical. Right. Uh, It was just one of those things where it's like, okay, so they, you know, they were preparing for that. Yeah, like the house show runs like leading up to pay-per-views. A lot of those guys are like working out their spots for Mm -hmm. the pay-per-view. That's uh, a few matches on this pay-per-view. They did the same stuff. Yeah, where Xavier got the table, brought up in the ring mm-hmm. as Big E and Kofi are beating down the Dudley boys, and then they fight back and end up putting Xavier through the uh, through the table. Same yeah. exact spot. But uh, it, I mean, it was still entertaining to see. Um, I saw a comment about the pay-per-view that said it was a solid pay-per-view, but there was nothing memorable from it. It's a B-show. Yeah. It's not... It's not- it's not a. It's not like a it's, big four. It's it's, not a, it was one of those. All the matches were fine, but there was nothing really. Oh, did you see that? Oh my goodness. Oh wow. Um, kind of stuff like a replayability. Like, are, like how many people are going to go back and rewatch Night of Champions? So it's a B show. Though. I mean, it's not, it's not a. It's not a name pay per view. I mean, it's a name pay per view because it has a name. But I mean, it's not like <laughs> it's not an A show for. Sure. It's not your WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, yeah. SummerSlam, Money in the Bank. That doesn't mean that they should not try. But I mean, like, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Dudley Boys do get the victory via disqualification, so New Day does retain, and then the Dudley Boys decide to put Xavier Woods through the table. I just think that's the wrong time for the. Yeah. Have it have it come a, a later day. That's when they win the titles. Like if they, they win the, the titles, they and, put them through the fucking tables. And, or would that be they retain the titles and you know putting Xavier through the table is the this is the exclamation point. Uh, I mean, I think you can. I think you can do it on the win. Yeah, I think as long, but it, I don't think it comes before that. I think because that's the cathartic like moment where oh they won the titles. They put them to the fucking tables. They shut their mouths. You yeah, know, like it's like that. It's like the exclamation point on the end of the feud. Mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time remembering this, but like when the Dullies were in WWE, like before when they before they left and all that stuff, did they always put people through tables like constantly? Because they seem like every Raw or whatever they're since they've been back fairly constant tables, tables, tables. Yeah, is it that's. I don't remember. Like I remember they did tables like every now and then, but uh, I guess my memory yeah, it might is not have been as hazy. frequent. But you know that's what a lot of fans remember them for, and so they're coming out saying this is what we're going to do. They're doing a nostalgia thing. Yeah. So, uh, so after that, we got to see Charlotte going up against Nikki Bella for the Divas Championship. Uh, they did a, a lot of limb work in this matchup uh, on it Charlotte's was all leg. Limb work. Yeah. Um, I mean, from the very get-go, it was uh, Charlotte's leg and selling the injury, and um, that was how she was going to uh, overcome overcome the odds and, and get the win. One of the things uh, I would have liked to have seen, which I don't recall if it happened or not because, you know, I, I didn't get to rewatch the match, um, but I would have liked to have seen her 
you know, she was struggling with her leg throughout the whole match. Put her in, try and put her in the uh, figure eight, and like her leg give out or something. That's what she should have done, but she, uh, I don't know. I thought the match was solid mm-hmm. because it seemed like they're like, okay, girls, we're gonna tell a very simple story. It's gonna yeah. revolve all the way around the work, which I think is fine. I think that's a good story to tell for a heel with the baby face working underneath and sort of trying to garner like support from the crowd and whatnot. But, and I'm even fine with the match being like 95% offense for the heel with mm-hmm. like limb work. But I, I have a problem buying into if you use your leg for your finisher and then like the whole thing was limb work then I, I need a little bit more than just the spear and then the figure eight right. to, to buy the finish because she needs her leg for the figure eight. So yeah. like it needs a little, like you were saying, you would like to see to give out. I need a little bit more. I, I would have been if, even fine if she would have won like off the spear instead of mm-hmm. the figure eight. But uh, it was fine. It, it seemed like they specifically told them like, hey, if you guys are having problems like putting your spots together and shit, we're going to tell like really basic stories. And, yeah. Like, that's what you're, you're not going to fuck this up. So that's what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So I don't know. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen her attempt it and be like, oh, God, my leg is, like, killing me. And then whenever she puts it on for the finish, you know, she's sitting there just, oh, God, it hurts so bad. But she knows that she might not get another opportunity to put her in it, so she's going to hold it, in which case Nikki Bella taps out. Sure. I think that would have told, you know, an even greater story. But but Charlotte does end up defeating Nikki via submission to become the new Divas. No, uh, to become the new Divas champion, and uh, Ric Flair was there to celebrate. And I'm it was, sorry, like I couldn't help it when I saw Ric Flair. All I could think is about that Jr. story <laughs> about his dick, and it's like in my head. And I'm like, see, you went, you went for the dirty mount, the dirty mind. Mine was more of a, oh my god, he's got to feel so, so proud. Like, like the emotion got to I me. I did like and, a stupid joke. I was like, what if Charlotte's just like Rick? What if she gets in a limo with her girls? There's two guys, and she's showing her tits. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. You should apologize for that. Shame on you. I think they're relying a little bit too heavily on the the flare thing. Yeah. Especially if it's supposed to be some sort of pat yourselves on the back revolution deal, Mm -hmm. then like let it be about the women, you know, like, yeah, I know flare is there for the rub and it sort of built her debut and like rise around being flares daughter. But which is funny because, like in NXT, it was like I'm, it was I'm the make complete opposite, right? You know, don't let my name fool you. Right. I'm here to make a name for myself, right? So um, I'm here to kick ass. And then it's like, no, we're gonna just gonna we're gonna tie you to your dad, and that's just gonna be that, right? So, um, but yeah, I mean, to see to see Ric Flair cry and be so happy, I, I'll admit I got a little emotional about that. It was a touching touching moment, uh, but a lot of people were paying attention to Paige. On how she wasn't exactly jumping for joy, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on as we dive you on know, into I didn't Raw. Notice that. I did, and I, I thought at the time was, like, was she just like shoot not into this, or was she shoot yeah. just that she's not the one that's gonna do it? I, 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 I thought it was too. weird at the time, but then if we flash forward to Raw, it's really good character work on her part to mm-hmm. to sort of telegraph that, like, yeah. back then, and the fact like. One thing that I did notice... Maybe commentary put it over, but we didn't hear commentary. Yeah, we didn't hear commentary, and I have yet to go back and, and rewatch that So don't that be like, match. oh, they fucking pointed it out. We didn't fucking yeah. hear it. Like, we're in the building. Sometime during the matchup, and I don't know if the cameras ever caught it, but Paige 
like turned around to the crowd and was like, me? Like, are you cheering for me? Oh, let me, you know, hand of the ear. Oh, right. let me hear it. And then she, you know, put her hands out. Yeah, <laughs> come on, let's hear yeah, it. Right. And then she'd look, she'd look back at, at Charlotte and be like, oh, okay. Oh, wait, you are cheering for me again? You are cheering for me? Oh, let me hear it, you know. And so the fans started cheering for her. And so, mm. you know, it was kind of one of those subtle, like, what is she doing? Like, she's not... She's not focusing on her partner. She's not saying, hey, cheer for Charlotte. She's like, oh, you are cheering for me. See, see, this is like a weird thing because were we at home watching on TV, they we might not have caught commentary that. could have been really like ham-fisted about it and like mm-hmm. beating people over the head with, what the fuck is, what is Paige doing? What, yeah. why, <laughs> but like in the building, we didn't hear that and we're just like, why is she acting weird? So that's why I thought it was like good character work on her part. Yeah, very good. So I'm... Curious as to how the commentary played out on that one. But uh, after that, we got to see the Wyatt family going up against Reigns and Ambrose and, and their uh, the mystery, mystery guy with the vest. No, not him, because uh, <laughs> he's going to jail. They, show, um, they showed him on TV? Yeah. I saw a picture of him. Very brief. You know, it was very brief. Like, he got... They dogpiled on him. Oh, yeah. Like, he got in the ring, and it was enough to where, like, the cameras <laughs> panned on him. And then the security took him down, and then they. It was hilarious because uh, Wyatt. Uh, Wyatt was laughing about it. Yeah, and then, he was like, uh, "Is that your guy?" And then Ambrose was like, "He's not with us." Yeah, Ambrose was like, "Yeah, he's not with us." So, uh, it was, that was a pretty funny moment. But uh, <laughs> don't jump the barricades, yeah, guys. Come on now, kayfabe news. Whoever the dude was in yeah. the suit, like really, really did a great job because <laughs> you probably didn't. It probably didn't. You probably didn't notice, like watching at home on TV or the network or whatever. But the guy was like in the ring for a second before they caught him. But that's because it took the guy in the suit a second or two to get to the ring. But when he, he realized did, what was going on and immediately acted. By the time I realized what was going on, he had already had him down. But what you don't realize is when they were shooting, like when they were shooting them in the ring, he was laying on top of him in the ring the whole fucking time. The camera crew just like as he tackled him, the camera crew just shot over like his body mm-hmm. leg on the ground. It was just like he wasn't there anymore. But they had him like pinned to the ground under the camera or whatever. What if like it was like one of those days where it's like there's like no lawsuits and like, hey, is that a mark? And they just like just beat up on him. <laughs> well, see, like the thing is, like I I guess I'm just easily distracted about things. And so Me like, too. I'm constantly watching the crew at the stage who's like I'm setting not, up the pyro. I'm, I'm watching the stage hands like feed the wire, like the cable to the camera guys and then pull it back whenever they start walking backwards so they don't trip. So as soon as he hopped the barricade, I noticed him. I watched him go up the stairs into the ring and stand right behind him. I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then I saw security jump in and, and tackle him. So for me, I got to watch the whole thing unvault. Uh, see, I don't know. I didn't see any of it. I think you said whatever you said, and I was like, huh? And then, like, I, like, my, what I saw was the guy in this suit tackle the guy who was in the ring. <laughs> and, like and just, like, pin him down on the ground. Mm hmm. But uh, but yeah, he was he was not the uh, the third member, <laughs> but it was in fact Chris Jericho. I, I thought it was a little weird. Yeah, it was it was definitely a strange. But I couldn't have guessed who it was though. To be honest, yeah, with there were there were names speculating all over the place uh, as to who it was going to be, but it turned out to be Chris Jericho. And I know they have their history, or he has history with the Wyatt family, or at least Bray Wyatt. But uh, I don't know. I don't know how. I didn't I didn't really like the pick. The crowd went absolutely nuts for him. Um, I mean, they went Here's ballistic. The thing, it's the it's the law of diminishing returns with Jericho. He is that spot so frequently for them. Yeah, that 
it may pop a, it might pop a house like uh, I mean not not like a draw but I mean it, it may pop like the crowd there but ultimately people feel unsatisfied with it just because he returns so many times that like you're just used to him being the returning guy yeah, yeah. so I mean, it was like oh it was cool to see him but I was like yeah everyone's cheering I'm like that's cool I mean yeah. He's there, but I'm not like yeah. I never. I mean, I didn't have a problem with him like being the guy. I mean, the match was he was fine in the match, and uh, I mean, I thought he was actively good in the match. Actually, mm-hmm. I thought the match was pretty fun. I thought Strowman like seems to be improving, and he worked an unusually like long for like the greenest guy in the ring. Yeah. He he worked an unusually <laughs> like long amount of the match. You know. Yeah. I mean, they're giving him some time. They're making him look they're, good. They're that's for him, sure. Yeah. And, uh, like, even whenever Jericho's music hit, I turned to you, Tyler, and I was like, I don't get it, but I'm okay with it, you know. So, I don't know. I felt like it could have been a, a good chance to introduce someone new, but uh, whatever. I mean, like like Doug said, the match itself was, was a lot of fun. It was fun to watch. Uh, the Wyatt family does end up getting the victory. So, uh, but yeah. I think and the most baffling part of it is why use that spot for him if, you're not going to have him on TV going forward. And I know he sort of comes in and out while he does his other projects. Mm-hmm. But if he's not, I don't know why he's the mystery guest if he's not just going to like work a program with someone before he leaves. Yeah. That seems a lot. I don't know. And, you know, it looked like Reigns and Ambrose were going to turn on him. Like they were going to turn heel and just like start beating the hell out of him. Well, like he, like Roman had the match won and Jericho blind tagged himself in, and, and then yeah. Jericho was just sort of like, ha, I got this. And Roman was like, what the fuck? I mean, mm-hmm. but he was like, okay, whatever. And he just got out. And then Jericho blew the fucking match for them. Yeah. And then he sort of acted, he sort of acted like, oh man, I fucked up. And they looked like they were going to be like, beat the shit out of him for fucking up the match. Yeah. But then he like flipped it on them and gave. He's like, nah, screw screw you guys. Block. Yeah, on the way out. I'm out of here. So it was so weird. Like, they flipped it twice, like, within the span <laughs> of, I don't know. Just a weird. couple of minutes. Yeah, it was weird. Screw you guys and get him. So, uh, really interesting stuff. But uh, after that, we got to see the uh, the double duty for Seth Rollins. First matchup, John Cena versus Seth Rollins for the United States Championship. And uh, this matchup was a lot of fun. I enjoyed this matchup. Uh, I'm curious as to how it came across. On uh, on commentary and and on TV, but it was a lot of fun to watch live. How about you guys? When do you so, think? You know, I forget. I don't hear what match we're. Seth Rollins and uh, John Cena, U.S. title. Um, yeah, it was very reminiscent of their like previous matches to me. It seemed like they did a lot of the same stuff. Not that that's necessarily bad, but it felt like just too samey for me. Mm-hmm. And I I think it's problematic altogether for Rollins to be in a position where he has to work two matches back-to-back because it puts him in the position of being sympathetic and sort of having to overcome some sort of odds. Yeah. And that's, like, magnified when you have Cena giving him a his finish to lay him out. Even though he was trying to escape, Cena, like, laid him out with the AA before the Sting match. That's yeah. Even, that's even, like, more of a I have to come from behind thing to win, which he does, which makes him sort of like a fighting, fiery underdog kind mm-hmm. of a thing, which is not how you want to prove, in my opinion, not how, I, t- to be honest, not in anybody's opinion is making any fucking sense, would want to portray <laughs> their hill, like, especially their top hill at the moment, like, right. as the underdog fighting against the odds. That's the exact opposite of what mm-hmm. you want. But, so I don't know why, and 
I get that the title, I think, like, hindsight is twenty twenty, so it's easy to say this, but it's sort of logic would say that, like, well, he would lose a second match because he would be so worn out from, like, the first match. That would be the match he's more likely to lose. Right. But, uh, I mean, I guess that's, you can't really do it that way, but that just seems like all the more reason to split the matches up or whatever, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I was, I was kind of interested to see that they, uh, that they went with the, with the, card placement that they did yeah i guess in a way it's sort of saying we present to you seth rollins our main eventer he's like he's here for this whole fucking block of time but it sort of works against his character right so it's sort of like a catch 22 i don't know yeah and you know like you said for for john cena after the match which john cena ended up getting the win and becoming the new united states champion after the match he delivered an aa to seth rollins onto the the hard mats on the outside of the ring so it's like dude you know add insult to injury but um and that brought out sting to to start rollins's second matchup and you know they had some big spots with sting going through the uh, spanish announce table with Which, the monitors still with the monitors could, in there. Do you think that could have played into his energy his energy, his injury? Because they didn't take the fucking monitors out of the table. Yeah. He, he bumped on those I mean, I didn't have the best view, but he could have like nicked yeah. himself on those monitors. That could have that could yeah, that could have definitely been a serious injury. Thankfully it was not. Yeah. Um but yeah, as soon as as soon as they hit that buckle bomb where he threw him into the, the corner and uh you just I mean you just saw he crumpled. He crumpled. Like, he was supposed to, I guess, bounce off and do a clothesline or do something, but Rollins mistimed it. Sting. I saw a gif. Rollins didn't mistime it. Sting took the bump in the corner, mm-hmm. come out like he was going to fire out, and then, like, he leans forward and crumples, like, face first into the ropes on the ropes, and Rollins was, like, set up to do whatever, and then he backs off because he sees that he's... So he's fucking crumpling. Yeah. So he's like giving him space so that he doesn't like add to like the injury. So Rollins right. didn't fuck up. I saw it in a gif in slow mo. Rollins like sees what happens and gives him space to like mm-hmm. re- recover from whatever happened. Yeah. Also, Just, like adding impact after the um the refs and everyone checks uh, Sting or whatever. I know this move happened afterwards, and I I don't know if it hit his shoulder or his neck. But you know how like they try to pull they they get the legs and pulls him up. He kind of like gets up from it or whatever, you know, like he's on the ground and he tries to oh, yeah, yeah. does that little weird flip or mm-hmm. whatever and does it in Saguri. Yeah. Did that hit him in the neck or the shoulder? I would think shoulder. But Probably that was when he was doing his that's when he, you know, Sting was Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean it was a de- it was definitely a scary moment because it it, it completely stopped the match. I thought it was his back too. Yeah. And then he he did that roll up yeah. At the end, I was like, he kind of he was full, and I was like, oh, because well, when th- he did the uh, scorpion, uh, uh, was it Deathlock? Or yeah. Whatever like I thought that, I thought it was back. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Because he was leaning, I thought, oh my god, he's you know he's pulled something in his back, or he's you know torn a disc in his in his back. Because I felt that pain, and that that is some of the worst pain imaginable. Whenever you tear a disc, um, what sort of sucks is that he was working really hard, like. Taking yeah. ridiculous yeah. bumps for a man his age on fucking monitors yeah. that they didn't clear out of Jumping the fucking Jumping off table. the top rope. Sure. He clearly went out with the mentality of, yes, I'm fucking 50 years old, 50 whatever, and yes, uh, this is my second match in this fucking company, but I'm like here to prove that I can main event a WWE show. Yeah. He was clearly there with that mindset, and he just took, the, he just had the fucking like bad luck of, you know, shit happening. I don't yeah. Know. 
So I felt bad for the guy, honestly. Yeah, and uh, you know, after the matchup, the referees come rushing out to to make sure that he's okay, and trainers are walking him back, and everything. They clearly went like right to the finish after they like established yeah. that it was like a serious injury. He's like, okay, I can I can finish this, but we need to we need to wrap it up. Yeah. So uh, it ended with uh, with Shane uh, uh, Rollins getting the victory. Uh, unfortunately, coming up short for Sting. But uh, to retain the WWE Championship. And then uh, we weren't done then because as Rollins was trying to celebrate and recuperate, uh, Sheamus came out to tease a cash in and uh, delivered a bro kick. And then returning Kane All showed up. All stuff happened so fast. And I, I know it sounds bad, but I was like, ugh. Yeah. That's how I felt. Like, I, I felt Sting's pain. And, and, like, there was something in my heart. And I was like, Sh- shit, man. It's like... <laughs> I wanted Sting to have the title. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, second time something. Like, I I don't know. I felt like he should eventually get the title. But, mm-hmm. and then the stuff with Sheamus and then Kane. And I was like, yeah. I was kind of like, meh. Yeah. Whatever. I know we sort of talked, like on the radio show this week, which we obviously have already recorded it because we're referencing it. But <laughs> we sort of talked about the um, Sting's injury and them being hesitant to use him going forward in the future even if he, even if he wasn't injured and you i don't know just with the finish of him losing again like what do you do with this guy if you mm-hmm. need to bring him in a job different yeah like I don't know. how how credible is he now yeah i mean i get that he's like a legend or whatever but like what has he done recently to like have any clout like currently in the, the stuff product? okay when you have that few with triple h and all that stuff and he came back to go against Rollins, but he also put over Triple H. That was weird. Yeah. And then this stuff happens, and I don't know. It's all weird to me, man. Strange. Very strange. It but, sucks, um, but what can you do? Yeah. But Sheamus came in to tease a cash in. Kane reappeared as the demon and choke slammed Rollins and. Took out Kane, uh, Sheamus as well, and that's pretty much how the pay per view ended. At least it went off the air. Uh, after it went off the air, Rollins grabbed the microphone. I was like, <sighs> "And still, your world heavyweight champion, Seth Rollins. I'm the greatest of all time." As he walked all the way back up the ramp, and no one's gonna take this from me. I'm never gonna give you up. Yeah, never gonna let you down. Never gonna run around and desert you. Yeah. So, uh, all in all, thoughts on uh, Night of Champions? I thought it was like a solid B show. Yeah. It was fun to be there. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I know we did chuckle a bit at the whiff uh, from Ziggler. Oh, yeah. He missed by a mile. <laughs> super kick. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> but uh, all in all, it was a good time. So, uh, yeah. I wish Rusev wouldn't have sold it. He should have just been like, yeah, no, nah, you fucking missed, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come at me again. Do it again and do it right. So, uh, yeah. So The uh, thing to learn here from uh, the pay-per-view is don't stand in line to get food. Yeah. Get, get it. Well, I thought, oh, man, it sucked. I missed a match and a half. I only encouraged you because I didn't want to be the one to have to get up and get my <laughs> I, I wanted something. That's what. That's I just wanted something. And I something. encouraged you so that you'd stop going, man, I'm hungry. God, I'm so hungry. I wish I had a presser right now. Man, I'm hungry. God, I, I like, need some yeah, food. go get that fucking presser. Go get, get some food, Tyler. Go. Get, get out. Get go. Go on. Go on, get. Shit. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, let's talk about Raw. I unfortunately was unable to catch it because uh, 
satellite is out in my house, and apparently like it will be for it. another week. Lovely. So Tyler caught an hour of it. Doug, did you get to catch it? Uh, yeah, I watched the show. All right. Watch the show for us to talk about. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah. We kick things off with the Wyatt family coming out. Oh, they started it. Wow. Huh? Yeah, and it no was authority stuff, huh? It, from my understanding, it was actually no promo. They went well. That's misleading. They went. They sort of went straight to the action. Like there was like a a short promo from the Wyatts. Sort mm-hmm. of. Uh, I mean, we're talking two three minutes, and then Romans like answers the call immediately, and he's just sort of like, let's, let's just, just fight. Fu- let's just fucking fight. And uh, we don't need a ref. Let's just fight. Yeah, and so they just like got yeah, into beat a brawl. your ass. It bitch. was sort of like the most straight to action we've had in a while from like they basically mixed up the format a little bit which Thank felt God. like they needed it yes yeah they've they've needed to do that for a long time um so yeah so i actually thought roman came across really well in this opening promo um he's a lot better when he's not so scripted he's been he's been better for a while i think he's still sort of getting uh backlash from what was in the past, like people just aren't going to allow him to turn around for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think if you're paying attention, he's he's obviously improving. He's obviously getting a lot better. And from my understanding, the crowd was pretty hot for him too. Chaining Roman Reigns and all that. Maybe so, but uh, I don't know. I didn't feel like, you know what, what I found really interesting, and, and it's not a surprise to me because obviously he's a good looking guy, but the pop he got in the fucking uh, Twitter Center? Mm-hmm. His Toyota Center pop is very much a Cena pop. It's a uh, you hear the women when Roman comes out. <laughs> you hear the kids and you hear the women. So it's very much a it's very much a Cena like oh, pop. Yeah. I mean, and obviously he's a good looking dude. So of course uh, the women are gonna be into him. I mean, like the the girl who was sitting directly in front, like the girl who sat directly to my left and the mm-hmm. girl who sat directly in front of me were both like fucking into. They were like <laughs> when Roman came out. They were like. Fuck yeah, Roman Reigns! <laughs> it is the best. I mean, they didn't, they didn't, they weren't like the moaning lady at y'all at the show y'all too, but yeah. they were like very much into this guy. Yeah. So, uh, so the Wyatt family and Reigns and Ambrose start brawling, and then uh, Ra- Ambrose comes out to make the save. Uh, Wyatt still managed to gain the upper hand, and mm-hmm. Orton comes out to sort of you And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Wyatt still walked out on top. Hmm. Might be mistaken about that. Yeah. And didn't they cut a promo later on that night? And I saw where, like, Braun Strowman said something like, or or Harper was like, I hear voices too. And then uh, Strowman was like, I caught a snake one day. And then I skinned it, drank its blood, and it's in a better place now. And he said it like, that, sound, <laughs> that, sound, that sounds like a corny line, but the, the weird face he made when he delivered it was like, made it seem a little creepy. <laughs> I mean, That's he's awesome. still. God, I said booger last time, but what's the guy from uh, Revenge ogre. of the Dirt? Ogre. Ogre. He did like an almost like ogre like. That's awesome. Like crazy face when he said it. And I was like, oh god, <gasps> ogre. <laughs> I'll fucking kill all of you. So um, <laughs> yeah. So after that, we got to see uh, Rollins going backstage uh, into the authorities' office, and he hey, ran into Kane. Corporate Kane, who's like, "Hey, buddy, how you doing? Haven't seen you in a while. What's going on?" He was uh, throughout the night or what I've I saw. Kane was just overly uh, happy. Well, he was doing the um, the I'm not acknowledging the 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 quote unquote Kane's back. He's basically doing a far far more inferior job of the Joseph Park angle, <laughs> yeah. 
which uh, Joseph Park played it about a million times better than Kane did. And uh, I mean, it's not like apples to apples exactly the same thing, but it's basically the same angle. And Joseph mm-hmm. Park was a million times better. And think about how sort of lame something has to be when you're putting over TNA angles as like <laughs> superior versions of the angle. Yeah. So, uh, I say that I actually, that's not actually that big of a slight because the Joseph Park thing is one of my, one of my all time favorite things. that teenagers <laughs> ever done. So. Yeah. I, I was checking the Twitter and stuff like that to see some of the updates and the outcomes and stuff. And people were posting videos of, of the interactions. I was like, good Lord, this is, this, that's the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, this is abyss in, uh, in Joseph Park. Yeah. Except not as good. Not as good. But, I liked it. Cause also uh, Joseph Park didn't know, and didn't know how to wrestle. <laughs> yeah, he also like fucked up all the insider terms and stuff. Yeah. He would say like he would say Melter's name wrong, and he would say like Kfab instead of like Kfab and stuff. <laughs> like I don't know. Wow. So uh, after that, we got to see the Lucha Dragons team up with Neville to go up against the Cosmic Wasteland, um, with uh, Lucha Dragons and Neville getting the victory, getting their win, getting their win back. Sal, why nobody gets over because people. You're booking 50-50. Like, these guys win one night. The uh, the opponents win the next night. Nobody ever gets over because yep. they're always trading wins back and forth. And now we got to think of something new for you to do. So, oh, uh, well, let's no, they're not going to do anything new. They're going to keep trading wins for the Let's next have month. a gimmick yeah. match at a pay-per-view. Yep. Tables hey, do match. you think that the Dudley's um, uh, New Day is going to go all the way to TLC for a tables match, or you think they're going to blow it off sooner with a tables match? Because it feels like if you're going to do the fucking tables match, wait till TLC. It has to be a TLC, right. yeah. Knowing WWE, I think they're going to do it at a different time. Hell in a, you think you're gonna it's going to be a Hell in a Cell tables match. My God. Do you think they you can went make through it? the cell, through the table, and into the ring. I have confidence that New Day can keep it interesting until December. But Absolutely. Do you, do you think that they're going to go until December? Nope. No confidence. This is done in Hell in a Cell? I have no confidence in the booking. I have all the confidence in the world and the Dudleys and New Day for making it happen. No, no confidence in the bookers. But I do have confidence in Booker. Booker T, yes. Booker T. Yeah. <laughs> um, after that, we got to see a quick matchup between Ryback and Bo Dallas. Was Ryback he getting the victory. Huh? Bo Dallas? No. He's, he's still okay. Still, still being the same. Believer. And apparently, uh, Kevin Owens was on commentary during this, and after, shortly after the match, uh, Kevin Owens attacked Ryback. Yep. But then uh, I believe Ryback got the upper hand. And uh, then Owens bolted. Yeah. Did he get him up for the shell shock and then he got out again? I don't remember. He raked the eyes. Oh, God. I don't know if it was. I just want that stuff to be done between Owens and Ryback. Mm-hmm. But uh, after that, we got to see the celebration for Charlotte uh, being the new Divas Woo-hoo! champion. And Ric Flair brought her out. And she was accompanied by uh, um, Paige and Becky Lynch. And uh, I, was about to say Sasha. I was about to say Sasha, but I stopped myself from saying Sasha. But um, yeah, what do you think about this segment, Doug? Because uh, Paige ended up turning on her sisters. Oh my gosh, she submission was, sisters. She was shooting on everyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Paige is much more of a natural heel than she is a babyface. She mm-hmm. seems kind of like a lame duck as a babyface. Like she's mm. like fame, like faking the. The niceness or whatever. So mm-hmm. She's a much better heel. I thought the promo was fine. I know people like lost their shit. Oh my it. god, it's a pipe bomb. She was shooting on 
on everybody. Which she was. Well, oh, it's scripted. Ski. Well, but. see, the reality is that the reality is that, that the WWE said, "Hey, all that like fucking revolution bullshit we tried to sell you, we're gonna like backstep on it all and just like." <laughs> and Paige it. is the one is gonna be <laughs> our mouthpiece for it. Yeah. So we're basically shooting holes in all that bullshit we tried to sell you. <laughs> but uh, let's 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 fucking be honest, guys. Should have been Sasha, right? Yeah. So, come on, it should have been Sasha. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a problem with Paige. I, again, I think she's a more natural heel. And I, I'm. Do you think that they're gonna turn Sasha babyface? Why else would they? She's the best heel they have, as far as the women go. Why not just let her do it? Do you think that's an odd choice? I don't think they're gonna change Sasha into a, a face just because. I know it's weird turning a Paige into a heel, but. They've done hill hill stuff before. Well, I get and, that they need to blow up the teams to fully form the division again, so maybe mm-hmm. that's why they did it. But couldn't you have come up with another way to do that? And then, yeah, I don't know. It just Probably. seems it just seems strange to me that why they want to put like she's she's of all the women, she's the one that every time the women come out there, the people say we want Sasha. So yeah. why are you fucking putting her on ice? Well, I don't. You let her fucking go while she's hot. Mm-hmm. Don't cool her down. Fucking the people want her. Fucking put her out there. And you can still have her in the heel roller. That's where she excels anyway. For whatever reason, they've had a history of doing stuff like that. Of a history Don't put a lot the fucking, of shit. The hot act they want to put on fucking ice. Like, yeah. Like, let's, whether let's it be put them on Daniel, the Whether it be Daniel Bryan, whether it be Zack Ryder from a couple years ago, and, you know, all of these little instances where they're just like, no, we're going to do things our way and... And then once the crowd goes completely berserk, they're like, "Oh, okay. Well, I didn't. We didn't know you wanted this. So here you go." Oh my god. Or, or the alternative to that is the the crowd doesn't give a fuck anymore, and that's when you try to give it to them. And mm-hmm. then you say, "Oh, well, look, they really weren't that ever, guys. Well, yeah. they lost faith in them because you never gave them a reason to believe in them." Yeah. So I don't know. Look, I have no beef with Paige, but I don't know why it isn't fucking Sasha. Mm-hmm. She's a better wrestler. She's a better character. She's the better heel. You can still you can keep Charlotte as the baby face you wanted the division and have Sasha be the heel of the division that you like the top heel of the division. Yeah. I don't get it. Whatever. But um Charlotte ends up going to face Brie Bella after that. And uh it's another like very limb work heavy match. It's like they it's like they set people down who weren't like Becky and Sasha <laughs> and said, hey, if you guys can't fucking string some spots together, you're going to do fucking limb work. Keep now. it simple, stupid. Yeah, it's basically what they said. <laughs> so, uh, but Charlotte ends up getting the victory, which brings us into the next matchup. Sheamus going up against Mark Henry, our guest a little bit later on the show. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, Mark came up a little bit short. Sheamus got the win. I know yeah. that they're trying to pump up Sheamus because he's the Money in the Bank winner, but I wanted, I wanted Henry to win. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah, it was it was not very long, so it's hard to to get invested. But uh, for what it was, it was two big dudes who lo- who have no problem hitting each other hard. And like, what's not to like about that? He shit? blocked his stuff. He blocked Sheamus' stuff at the times. It was cool. And, but it I took to and it took two bro kicks to put him down. Well, he sort of fucked up the first. Uh, yeah, it was like, and they and the commentary called it as a glancing blow, and he was like, "Oh, I didn't get all of it." And then he, and they, then they were like, "Okay, that was." What Ziggler should have done instead of Rusev just selling the fucking phantom kick that he got, <laughs> like they put it over, like he didn't get enough, so he gave him another one. And mm-hmm. That's when they went 
What? It was a phantom kick. It was it was it was the Bruce Lee treatment. He hit him. It was no, he didn't hit him. He got close to him, but the wind, <laughs> the from the or the um, what's it called? The not the wind, but you could the feel force. The, You're talking the force. about the one inch punch. That's different. He still hits him. It's just from like an inch. <laughs> Why did you back away? Because it felt weird. I was gonna punch you. No, don't do that. Let's play punchies. Punchies. So, um, after that, we got to see the New Day team up with Rusev to go up against Ziggler and the Dudley Boys. Thoughts on this matchup, guys? Uh, whoa. Guys. Guys? <laughs> Uh-oh. Did you ever know you want some people to team up as much as you want Rusev and the New oh Day? Oh, my gosh. Like, that was hilarious. Just make these make these people a permanent stable because they were fucking awesome. And and then commentary and the, the, the team... The creative team, the commentary team, they made no effort to like put it over to to put over like these that Rusev used to like beat the fuck out of these guys and the, like now they're friends. But on Twitter later, all the members of the New Day and even Rusev like put out how they squashed their beef, how they uh <laughs> they they went to went out to dinner to squash their beef and how like they're the best Table for four. They're like we're the best fucking unit in the WWE right now. <laughs> Shield and Wyatt's what? It's like Rusev. <laughs> I, I loved it whenever they came out and he was doing his thing. They're all like trying to do what the Rusev was doing and stuff in the ring. That was hilarious. Yeah, they were fucking awesome. They're great together. Rusev's great. The New Day is great. They were all making that the, the crazy faces at the end. Yeah. That was awesome. I saw I saw, oh, um, I saw a GIF of uh, Summer Rae playing with Xavier's trombone. Oh, yeah, 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 she did that. Like whenever they're he, whenever they're in the corner doing like you the know stops. how he, yeah yeah well she was like doing it for oh, him like as he was you missed it he, uh, Xavier played uh, Rusev's theme on trombone. Oh yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. He was doing the bump 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 bump. <laughs> yeah, nice. Hey, he was still selling like the table injury from the night. Like he was like he limped all the way out, but the character work was so great because. He was like, he was the obviously injured and like, oh, like I got my ass beat, but he was still trying to do the keep it positive thing mm-hmm. as he is like, oh, my ass is beat, but I'm trying to be positive about it. It's uh, <laughs> they're all like, they were like, come on, dude, you got this, we're positive. Well, <laughs> like, uh, when they were first coming out, yeah, he, they were like all skipping and jumping. He, uh-huh. you know, he was limping and stuff. <laughs> and then Kofi like went and got him by the arm, was like, all right, come on, we got this. <laughs> Nice gold. That was something that was pretty funny from uh, from the WWE Live. Whenever they put Xavier through the table and Big E like grabbed his leg, and then uh, Kofi grabbed like his arm, and they just like drug him down oh, the aisle. That was funny. But another thing they did at the house show was what was funny because it was uh, a triple threat match. It mm-hmm. was uh, New Day, Dudley's, and uh, primetime, primetime players. players. But whenever Xavier did uh, something to uh, Darren. And he got on the ground or whatever. Like he got that. like one bit he of offense on. He jumped up on to, to the turnbuckle, and he, like he was just dancing. And Kofi was straddling like the uh, <laughs> the corner right there, and Biggie got on the side, and he was just doing pelvic throw stuff. It was just hilarious. So, yeah, <laughs> funny but, yeah, stuff. Yeah, just golden stuff from New Day. Awesome. They're easily the most entertaining group. They in make the it WWE fun. Right they're now. having fun. Yeah, and we could tell they're having fun too. Mm-hmm. So it's good. I think Rusev's pretty good himself, and so they, they sort of put, like, the most enjoyable parts of Raw, like, in the same team for me, and I was like, that's cool. <laughs> like, yeah, I definitely want that. So New Day <laughs> teaming up. up with Rusev go on to defeat Dolph Ziggler and Dudley Boys. Anything to really take away from the match aside from the uh, from the fun? I want to rewatch it again. Yeah. That match. Uh, who went over? Rusev and the... Uh, New Day. New that's Day. right, that's right. That's right. So, uh... 
After that, we got to see Naomi going up against returning Natalia. And um, they sort of played it off as, I guess, in Paige's promo, she was like, where's Natalia to even work here anymore? <laughs> and Natalia, like, before she came out, was sort of like, yeah, I saw what you did. That's fucked up. Like, who, do you think, who the hell do you think you are? And like, yes, I Bitch. still work here, and I'm about to show you what's up. And she just sort of like went out for her match or whatever. And then she lost. Yeah. So that's that's what she does. Wait, did she lose? She yeah, did. Natalia lost. Lost to Naomi. Yeah, because Naomi. Uh, Rear view. Yeah, she did. Uh, ass to face. Ass to mouth. Ass to mouth. <laughs> she did the you ass to mouth. You know if it was the attitude error, that's what they'd be calling <laughs> yeah. this finish. She right? did the ass oh, to mouth. Oh, Naomi with the ass to mouth. You never <laughs> go ass to mouth. Never. She nailed it with the ass to mouth. I like that. That's what it's going to be called now. <laughs> I don't know why I can't remember. Never go ass to mouth. It's fucking matches. Hmm. hmm. I remember distinctly. Well, Naomi went ass to mouth with Natalia. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're going to call it. Yeah. For sure. Hell yeah. All right. So Naomi gets, uh, ends up getting the victory. After that, we got to see Big Show going up against Cesaro. Very short matchup. Big Show gets the win to hype up his upcoming match with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Big which, Show and Cesaro. The same which, thing they did uh, on House Show. Big Show and Cesaro. Yeah, we didn't really match uh, mention it in the pay-per-view, but like how everyone found out about like the main event of Hell in a Cell was just in that oh video package. Gosh. It was just like, hey, guys, here's a video package. This yeah. is your main event. Mm-hmm. It's a little weird, but that's it. That's very strange. They don't strange. usually do things that way. No, it's just. Oh, I've hey, by the way, Lesnar versus Taker, Hell in a Cell. It's happening. So they, there's they that. They even put over like before that on Raw or anything. It's just oh, video I, mean, package. I guess I'm neither like, of them were there, so they couldn't like be whatever. But. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. You, are you guys surprised that they didn't wait till Mania to do this rematch? No, uh, uh, nothing surprised me with WWE. I'm kinda, to be I'm honest, I'm glad with you. to be honest that they're not waiting till Mania. On, I, I mean, I'm not saying your preference. I'm saying, are you surprised that they? Are you surprised that it's coming this soon? I'm surprised that that's how we found out that there was no other mention. Like, I figured they would have done something like at Madison Square Garden, where Undertaker appears and is like, "This isn't over," you know, something like that. And then you set up for for their matchup. But I get it. You're on a short time frame, but you want to hype it up as long as you I can. Just wonder what they do with either one of these guys. Come mania, because Sting fills out of the equation. So, yeah. are you gonna do Rocket? You're gonna entice the Rock to come back and wrestle Lesnar? I don't know. Yeah, more than likely, or Triple H, or feels like they want to do the Triple H. Um, Rollins. Rollins. Rollins yeah. Maybe. I mean, will we make it that long without them doing that? I don't I'm know. sure we will. I'm sure they'll find some way. But um, but yeah. So Big Show ends up defeating Cesaro, which is sad to see. But um. After that, we got to see John Cena go up against Seth Rollins to retain the United States title. John Cena getting the victory. Anything to really take away from it? I don't know. I didn't see that match. But that's good. So John Cena can retain it and yeah. put on the U.S. Open matches. Challenge. Yeah, yeah. Woo. I'm excited for that. I hope I hope they keep doing that or at least bring it back. Um, but after the matchup, uh, Kane, from what I understand, appeared up on the Titantron. Well, Corporate Kane was on a Titan Tron, and then the Demon Kane came out from underneath the ring. So it was like I'm on the I'm talking on the the Tron. How could you? I be in the ring if I'm on there on the Titan Tron? And then it's just like, uh, yeah, dragging him under the ring. Rawr, I got you, bitch, bitch. That's right. So uh, so that's pretty much uh, how we close it out. So really, uh, 
Oh, did you catch the stuff afterwards, the JBL with... Um, no, I didn't get to watch that. The one thing that was, I was curious, because they did clips and stuff of what I saw, and like it was like JBL talking to Eric Bischoff, and like I remember Eric Bischoff was like, oh, Russo wanted to do this, and they are mm-hmm. talking about Russo. I was like, oh, I kind of want to listen to I that. watched like the first five minutes when I fell asleep, because I had like another long work day. I, probably, I was going to watch it tonight, although... I don't know about time I get on. I might not end up watching it. I, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty curious, so I think I'll catch it. Did either it. of you guys get to catch that table for three special that they're doing now? What's that? It's basically like they sit three people down for they a dinner like, and they dinner. just have casual conversation. Who was it? The very first one was the new day, like all three of them sitting together talking about. Oh, you know, that's pretty cool. How it was form, how the new day was formed, and how they approached Vince about it, and all that. It was really cool. It was a really fun story. Uh, but supposedly, like the next one is going to have like divas of the past, like former female wrestlers. Um, so I want to say I, I saw a commercial about be. that or something. It was it was pretty interesting. It was pretty enjoyable. Uh, so I definitely recommend checking that out. But now something very special for all of you listeners are exclusive interview with the world's strongest man. That's what I do. You're listening to a special interview segment for the official podcast for WrestlingNewsSource.com. Okay, folks, joining us on the show this week, he is the world's strongest man. He is a two-time Olympian, former WWE World Heavyweight Champion, the one and only WWE superstar, Mark Henry. Welcome to the show. How you doing, man? I am doing fantastic. We're looking forward to having you come back to your hometown uh, at WWE Live, coming to Ford Arena in Beaumont this Saturday, where you can see John Cena, Seth Rollins, primetime players, Kevin Owens, many more, and, of course, the hometown hero, Silsby's own Mark Henry. So are you getting excited? I'm, I'm looking real forward to coming back to my home area. Um, you know, you said back to your hometown, and I always have to say Silsby because uh, I always say residing in Austin, but living in, but born and raised in Silsby, Texas. Absolutely, and uh, we're happy to have you back. And fun, fun little personal story. Uh, our our co-host uh, Doug is unfortunately not here this week, but. Uh, he he had a very close encounter with you one of the last times that you were down here. He had a front row tickets, and uh, it was when you were the world heavyweight champion. He actually uh, was able to pat you on the back as you were making your entrance, and you turned to him and said, Keep your hands to yourself! And he is... <laughs> <laughs> and he is exclaim he is he is probably one of your biggest fans. Uh and uh and he, lucky that I didn't threaten to eat his face off. <laughs> yeah, he, he he turned to us and said this was the only time I think this is the only time I've been genuinely scared for my life. <laughs> So it was a really good time. So, you know, WWE Live coming to Beaumont, it's going to be a great time. We're excited to see you. We're excited to see you perform in front of your friends and family. We could sit here for quite a while and run down the list of your accomplishments. You've been a three-time U.S. national weightlifting champion, powerlifting champion, Arnold Strongman classic winner. You go on and on and on. But to you, what is your personal greatest accomplishment? You know what? Um, This is going to sound real hokey and cheesy, but... Um, multiple times in my life, I've had people walk up to me and say, hey, man, um, you know, you don't know me from Adam, but I just want to let you know that I was inspired by you, by you lifting, by you wrestling, and it changed my life. Uh, I had a guy from that got out of prison uh, contact me recently and say how if it wasn't, if it wasn't for wrestling and it wasn't for uh, him being a a strong guy, being one of the strongest guys 
in in his in, in the prison that he was in and um, the lifting taking over his life that he probably would have went back probably to a life of crime. But now he's uh, a, a recognized uh, ranked world ranked powerlifter and uh, has a good job and is like living his life. And every Monday night he watches wrestling and does his curls and workout that he does. And I was like, man, I really appreciate it. He said, but you know what, man, the thing is, is I'm from Texas. I was in Huntsville Prison, and I used to always hear the legend of Mark Henry, and that's that's one of the things that made me want to do better. And I was like, wow, you know, like that, that I appreciate. And every story of people telling me that I inspired them to be better is supersedes any accomplishment that I ever made. Wow. Yeah. It's always, you know, you never know what kind of impact you have on another person's life. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's really crazy. And, you know, you've been in the WWE for, for quite a while now. We're, we're actually coming up on 20 years next March. Did the time just fly by for you or how much longer do you think that you'll want to perform? It, it only flew by when I was not injured. Whenever you're injured, it's like paint drying. It's mm-hmm. just, it's the time slows down and you're, you're able to get in your own head too much. But for the most part, these last 19 years have been amazing. I've, I've watched people's kids grow up <laughs> and from crawling and, Hey, can you take a picture with my baby to, uh, my son is, is, uh, uh a sophomore in college. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> like it's, it's been <laughs> 19 years is a long time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I hate making people realize how long they've been in the business. But when I was uh, when I was younger, when Raw came to the Montaigne Center here in Beaumont, I was there the episode where uh, you had the fallout with China involving Sammy with your mother in the uh, in the front row. Mom, thank you, man. Yes, I, I was I was I believe in middle school around the time. And was just cracking up laughing watching your mom spank you as she's grabbing you by the ear and walking you backstage. Yeah, that's one of the highlights of my wrestling career, actually. <laughs> uh, and you've had lots of great memories. You've been involved in fun storylines, serious storylines, whether it be with Mae Young or whether it was the Hall of Pain or the Bent on Destruction. Baseball chocolate. Sexual chocolate, something that people still remember to this day, still chant to you. How does it feel whenever you hear the fans chant that to you nowadays? It's hilarious to me. I actually embrace it and start dancing and <laughs> sweet talking, blowing kisses at girls and all kind of stuff. So uh, it is. I, I embrace it. It's a part of my career that um, the older fans remember and like. And now the young kids are uh, watching the network and they're seeing it and they're going. Why was Mark Henry smiling and dancing all the time? Like they don't, they don't, they don't realize that um, I've been about four or five different things in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen you start all the way up, Nation of Domination, Sexual Chocolate, you know, teaming here and there, and you had what, in in my personal opinion, was the the run of your career back in 2011, where you were just absolutely on fire. You had your Hall of Pain run going, you defeated Randy Orton to become the World Heavyweight Champion for the very first time, but unfortunately the run ended a little early due to uh, due to an injury, but what what were your thoughts on, on the Hall of Pain run? Uh, I definitely think that it was the... It was the 
the best and the most serious part of my career. I don't think it was the most entertaining part of my career, but it was the more uh, validating uh, point in my career. Um, anytime that you dominate the best talent in the world and uh, become world champion, and not only become world champion, but uh, main event pay-per-views and, you know, for some guys in our industry to have one main event on a regular TV show, on Raw, SmackDown, uh, Velocity, uh, uh, Heat, or uh, all the shows that we had in the past, the main event, like the just main event one time is, is, is an accomplishment. But the main event uh, a few hundred times and uh, the main event of WrestleMania with The Undertaker and the, the main event um, multiple pay-per-views and actually create an era in wrestling. The Hall of Fame era is a thing. It's, it's something that happened and existed. And I'm just proud of my career. I mean, I'm uh, I don't have a problem walking away. And uh, being, you know, 44 years old and approaching 45 and kids in school crying and uh, complaining when I leave. Well, my son doesn't, but my daughter does. Hmm. My son is like, Dad, you have to wrestle forever. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to go with you. I'm like, no, man, like, you got school, like, chill out <laughs> but um nonetheless it's it's a family affair like you know and i i look forward to getting to beaumont and seeing not only my family but a lot of the friends and people that i kept contact with um there's a lot of special people and i have uh friends guys and girls that uh, i went to school with and i've had like 50 calls this past week Oh yeah, of people that saying, "Hey man, I'm coming to the show. Like, any way I can get backstage and meet John Cena?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, nobody's coming backstage. <laughs> Take me along, enjoy the show. If I can get a spare ticket, I'll try my best, but mm -hmm. I can't promise. But it's, it's been a good, it's been a good ride. Very cool. And you know, you are talking about the the day that you do eventually hang up the boots. You know, we saw you a couple years ago pull off just the amazing fake retirement segment with John Cena. I mean, it was just so well done. The emotion that you portrayed, and it was just so well done. And I, I, I can't stop hyping it enough because it was so good. But when it does come time for you to hang up the boots for good, how would you like to go out? Would you sort of just sort of fade off, or would you? Want to let the world know, hey, uh, it's coming up towards the end. There, here's going to be my final dates. Hope to see you all out there. Or would you like to have sort of another announcement like like you did with your uh, your fake retirement? Well, I, I think that um, I want to go out in dramatic fashion. Win, lose, or draw, uh, I want to have a retirement match. And uh, a lot of guys have done it throughout history. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to you know, see kind of what style of match. And I maybe even let the, the WWE universe decide what my match will be. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm not sure yet, but uh, it's, it's it's imminent. It's coming. Any preference on opponent? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know what, man? Like, um, Daniel Bryan is, like, one of my favorite wrestlers. Like, as a talent, as an entertainer, as 
the um, the way our fans love him and revere him. Um, he, we've never had a. There's never been a match that he and I were in where it was bad. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he's one that I would definitely like to consider. Uh, he's been gone a long time, uh, dealing with injuries, and I know how that feels. And um, I just think that somebody like Daniel with his credentials would be really, really cool. It's been documented that you're a wrestling fan. We know that you watch it outside of the business and uh, you still enjoy it. What appealed to you when you were younger? What appeals to you today about the sport? And what is your favorite matchup of yours that, that you were not a part of? Uh, the thing that made me a wrestling fan is, is I, I just I used to get so mad at people. And I love the bad guys for <laughs> some reason. I want to see a bad guy really get it. And it's not even so much the good guy. It's, I want to see the bad guy get it. And the badder the guy is, the better it is for me. The, the happier I am when he really gets his butt kicked. <laughs> um, and and I can I can watch wrestling today. I recently posted a a video on Facebook and Twitter of Danny Davis and Stone Cold, well, stunning Steve Austin at the time. <laughs> and um, like I, I sit at home and I watch old wrestling. That's that's how I entertain myself. And um, you know I had my son on the couch. The dog was sitting there watching. We are we all invested. And. That's kind of like what our fans want. They want, they want to see somebody get it. If they're a fan of the good guy, uh, and they want to be angry, then the Hall of Fame era would have been great for them because there was not a good guy walking that didn't get his face stomped in. Um, and you want to get, you want to see that too. But mm-hmm. as far as a match that I looked at from the outside. Um, there's actually two, uh, Ricky Steamboat and, uh, and, and Pat Patterson, uh, back in, I think it was 86, um, was one that just, you know, it was hard for me to not be a wrestling fan watching that match. And, uh, more in the modern, uh, era, the uh, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels won. Uh, if you have not seen that match, you have got to go on YouTube or the WWE Network and pull that match up. It is breathtaking. Like, there's so much stuff that goes on that you just can't even watch it at one time and get it. You got to watch it at least two or three times. And, uh, you know, I... I may even put together a list of my top ten favorite matches and and I uh, have them put it on the network on the WWE website. But um, but yeah, I'm 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 a diehard fan, man. The boot camp match, Sergeant Slaughter and Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson was one of the more uh, gifted psychologists and told the best stories, and that's that's something that I like about wrestling. It it, it it's not just physical. It tells a story. It's, a, it's an emotion. It's a book in 15, 20 minutes. And you, so much happens. And if you know the history of the two, it's even better. But if not, you, you, you get invested and you just have just so well entertained. 
being a veteran in the business, you've had plenty of matches. You've seen a lot. You've you've seen wrestlers and and talent come and go. Uh, is there anyone that that sort of comes to you for advice? Uh, some of the younger talent that you you kind of help out and. At what point in your career did you realize that you went from being the person who was asking the questions to being the guy giving the answers? That's a wonderful question. Um, actually, a lot of the guys do. They come back and they ask me about different errors and attitude error and uh, pre-attitude error and, and the time now, what do I think about this, what do I think about that, and I, I'm honored to be able to give that advice. Um uh, and I, I feel like it's necessary to give back. Uh, there were guys that were very selfish when I came in the industry. They wouldn't tell you nothing unless they were forced to tell it um, because they were worried about you taking that spot. And now it's just a lot different. Um, I feel like I owe uh, the industry um, the advice and all of the uh, lessons that I've learned to help make the business better than when I came into it. And when I came in, Ernie Ladd, uh, he was the first black booker in in professional wrestling. And he told me, you know, there's a a stigma about the African-American wrestler, and I need for you to uh, exemplify greatness because that's the way people see you and don't uh, don't don't mess it up for everybody after you. And I was like, wow, <laughs> a lot of pressure to put the whole plight of the African-American wrestler on my shoulders. But at that time, there was only three African-American wrestlers in the industry and in, 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 at the WWE. And um, now we're uh, there. There's at least twelve that I know of in the company. So I I, I have helped change a lot of things, and uh, I'm looking forward to working with the in, with working with the company long after I'm done wrestling. Very cool. You're going to probably do something a little bit uh, maybe backstage over at the performance center as well. Well, right now I'm working with international marketing. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm already working, but um, I want to do more talent development. I've, I've worked with Canyon Seaman, who's the head of talent development for the company. We went and scouted the Olympics looking for talent. We've gone to the Olympic Training Center. Um, right now, Braun Strowman is one of the guys that I brought in. Uh, he's a former strong man. Uh, there's another one that's on Game of Thrones. He's the mountain. Yes. Uh, his name is uh, Half Thor Bjornsson. He's a strong man. And um, once he wins the world championships this year, then uh, he'll come in and I'll start training him. So, Oh, that's going to be there's, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to do all that stuff. But right now, I'm 100% in. And uh, until I make that decision, uh, I'm going to do my best to try to be world champion again. That's what we're looking for. Really cool stuff. And being on the road 200, 300 days of the year for the past, you know, 19 years, what's one of the biggest things you've learned about being on the road so much? And, you know, do you give any advice to young wrestlers? Like what would you what would you tell someone who's wanting to get in the business that they might not know about being on the road so much? Uh, 
Well, first, to answer the first question, uh, if I was going to tell them something about being on the road is um, everything you earn, don't spend. Mm. And um, that's that's a, a hard lesson. A lot of wrestlers throughout history have came in, made a lot of money, and then spent a lot of money. And then when they're done, they have no retirement and they're broke. And um, uh, the, the other thing would be to um, diversify yourself and uh, do some movies, you know, go to acting school, like uh, write a book. Like, you know, learn other things that involve your journey and your experiences and and put that out there. I'm writing my book right now, and um, there was stuff that I've forgotten about. And I was like, man, I, I got to put that in there. And, uh, you know, when when that book comes out, it's, you know, it's going to make some people that I love very angry. <laughs> but, um um, it's, it's the truth and it's the story and it's what's going to sell the book. And, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to telling the young guys to keep a journal and keep a, uh, diary, if you will, uh, you know, to be able to reach back and write your memoirs. One thing that I'd really like to see one day is, uh, is a Mark Henry documentary, like all, you know, through your younger days of, of, you know, weightlifting here in Silsby, uh, and, uh, just sort of reminisce and, uh, Go go Walk through your in Beaumont and Port Arthur. I got family everywhere around there. And oh yeah, my dad was from my dad was from Coons. <laughs> so like I mean, it was I have so many friends in like Hemp Hill and Jasper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just the whole uh, Golden Triangle in Southeast Texas and the, the Big Thicket or whatever you want to call our area. There's so many names for it. Um, I, I have a lot of experiences. I um. Uh, recently talked to somebody about doing uh, a documentary and, and he was, the point that he brought up was, he said, you've been world champion in, in four different things. And I, I couldn't remember like what what, what he <laughs> mentioned at the time, but uh, to be a world champion in powerlifting and a, uh, a world champion in strongman and pro wrestling and you know, he, I think he confused the fact that I was national champion in weightlifting with being a world champion is quite different. But um, to be a world champion in three sports and a national champion in four sports uh, is pretty impressive. And I doubt it'd be hard pressed to uh, to find somebody that uh, is able to do that and has done that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very proud of my career. I know you're a busy person. We got to let you go. We got one more question for you, and we love to ask it. You've been on the road for so long. Is there any on the road stories that you could share with us? Because we love hearing people. You ne- you never know what you're going to get. Well, there is, the the story I'm going to tell is funny because it's in the magazine. It was in WWE magazine. Um, me and um, Primo and and Epico. And Jack Swagger were all in a car one night, and uh, a deer ran out in front of us. And we, um, Jack Swagger, swerved real hard to keep from hitting the deer. And it had rained for like three or four days, so we ran right into the mud and got stuck. Oh man! We couldn't get out. And um, 
we were like, man, like, put it in reverse, rock it, turn the wheel, do everything you could do. He couldn't get out. So we all start, got out, feet three, four inches deep in the mud. We taking out old shirts, going and finding sticks and old tires and rims and, I mean, like, uh, hubcaps and everything, shoved it under the wheels, and we still can't get out. We like, man, we're gonna be here all night. Like, golly. And then um about that time Primo said, Man, let me let me see if I could do it. And he uh he turned the wheel real hard and he started turning. He's like he said, Why just the front wheels are spinning? He was like, Why don't you we were in a four by four? He said, Is it is it in four wheel drive? And I mean, this is after thirty minutes, forty minutes. <laughs> Everybody is completely muddy, <laughs> and um, he pushes the button on the car four wheel drive, and just pulls right out of the mud. <laughs> and, and if Jack Swagger would have just looked down and pushed the four wheel button, we would have never gotten muddy. It would have took us like thirty seconds to get out of the mud. But um, it, it, that was that was one moment on the road that you know I wanted to choke Jack Swagger to death. Very cool. Well, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show. We we appreciate you uh, and everything that you've done in, in your career, and we certainly look forward to seeing you at WWE Live at Ford Arena here in Beaumont this Saturday, where you can still see John Cena, Seth Rollins, primetime players, Kevin Owens, and Sills being his own, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Mark, we certainly appreciate it, and uh, and, and hope you have a great day. Man, I'm, I'm very, very happy to do your show, man. I look forward to hopefully... Uh, I'll meet you guys. So make sure that, you know, if you go to the show, tell them that uh, I said that I wanted to meet you. We will definitely do that. Awesome. Thank you very much. And, uh, and have... you, left out, you left out the Dudley Boys. The Dudley Boys are in that triple threat tag team. Absolutely. Players and New Day. And New Day. That's right. It's going to be a... That's going to be an unbelievable match. Absolutely. Well, thank you once again for your time. You have a great day, and uh, and we look forward to seeing you this Saturday. All right, man. I'll see you out there. All right. Take care. Really good stuff. And now time to go into the Q&A portion of the show. Your questions, our answers. First question coming to us from Jamal saying, Good day, fellas. Love your work. There's something that has really been bugging me, and that's Dolph Ziggler. Remember his Money in the Bank, AJ Lee heel run, and how awesome it was? Uh, now, since becoming a face, he's been booked horribly. His the uh, his best thing that happens to him while a face was the Survivor Series stint where he went through and pinned like three guys, and even that was outshadowed by Sting's debut. Do you guys think he is world title worthy anymore, or should he, uh, or should he not just go back to being a heel sooner rather than later? Uh, I hate to break it to you, Jamal, but personally, I never thought he was world title world title worthy even the stint that you're speaking uh highly of from your for yourself i never thought the guy was world champion material i think he lacks a lot offensively i don't buy any of his offense i think that's a big problem i don't think he knows how to measure his bumps when uh, i don't think he knows how to i mean i've talked about this shit a lot so people who've, who've heard this <laughs> show have heard me long say time listeners before but uh he doesn't know like how to measure his bumps in the sense that not everything needs to look like it, it kills you. You have to like sort of, because uh, that lessens the impact of things that should look like it have killed you. So it sort of like dilutes his bumping. Um, I think he has a lot of problems. None of his, 
almost none of his offense, save for his drop kick, looks credible to me. So I have a lot of problems with the guy. I know the fans like him, and I give him the fact that he's over, or at least he has been over in the past. I feel like his overness is sort of waning, probably because of booking. But uh, I don't take away his overness, but I have a lot of problems with him as a wrestler, and I've never found him as a world title uh, uh, worthy guy. How about you, Tyler? Um, yeah, I never picture him in that you know world title picture or whatever uh I, I there was that one time that i thought he was doing good or whatever it was like team john cena remember mm-hmm. that's like, what he's that's talking about that's, oh that's what he's talking about that yeah. time i like i felt like they did a good oh what in that time period they did a good job with them and then it just fell but mm-hmm. i also don't want to take away that he's obviously a hard worker and uh, i i salute him for that but it just for for my taste i don't buy it yeah and not to mention that Pretty much every time that he got a championship, he ended up getting injured in some form or fashion. Same thing with Barrett. Like, they're scared to push those guys. Yeah. And so it's just it's one of those things that's unfortunate. I know he's wicked over with the crowd. But, uh, yeah, I think he's – I think maybe this Rusev and Ziggler storyline is going to end up leading to Ziggler turning heel uh, in some form or fashion. But uh, yeah, I, I just I can't see it anymore. I used to be able to see it and be like, yeah, dude, he's got the potential. You know, he just needs to hone on these these few things, and it it never happened. And uh, so I don't know. I think I think the uh, Survivor Series opportunity was completely blown on on WWE's end. Um, but it could just be them, you know, not wanting to pull the trigger on someone who is potentially injury prone. But uh, thanks for listening, Jamal. Yeah, but like, yeah, we certainly do appreciate the question. Uh, next question coming to us from Shane saying, Is it just me or did Paige's rant on Raw sound like an AJ Lee pipe bomb? She dissed pretty much every diva on the main roster, and WWE uh, sure, seemed to quick, sure seemed quick to distance themselves from anything involving AJ Lee or CM Punk, yet they're still doing these pipe bomb segments that made them both famous. I, mean, I don't think that has anything to do with... <sighs> Like, the whole worked shoot promo is not a thing that is exclusive to CM Punk mm-hmm. or to Paige. Now, that was the first time in a while that it had been executed, like, so well. Yeah. And it had been executed so prominently. Mm-hmm. It, the work shoot thing, I mean, I don't know, maybe late, later WCW, like, as it was dying, like, the work shoot shit was, like, in the main event scene. Right. But, like... uh it had been a while since they had like allowed something like that to be so prominent on the show. One and one so, good work shoot that you can go back and rewatch on YouTube is the uh, Joey Styles uh, shoot where he was pissed off about uh, JBL stuff. You mean? Oh, you mean like uh, uh, he was like, "Fuck this! I don't need this." Yeah, I didn't shit. want this job. Yeah. I don't need this job. And for all and you know, for all I care, this job can suck it. Yeah, I mean. Punk didn't start this shit. It's a, it was the most, I mean, I guess the uh, it was the most recent example of that like being executed like mm-hmm. really well. So people sort of attribute that to oh. CM Punk, but that shit's been around for a long time. And not to mention, Paul Heyman's been like teasing at it every once in a while when he cuts a promo. Yeah, it's like you want to know about what really happened when Undertaker walked through that curtain at WrestleMania. And, sure, sure. You know. I mean, I don't think it's. I know people are, like, really partial to the Punk and AJ. First of all, like, all this shit that people talk about the Bellas, you know, AJ's in that same boat because she was with Punk when she was getting her hot push. So, <laughs> so uh, I mean, you guys got to be a little bit more objective about this stuff if you want to pick and choose who you're, like, so, like, disgusted by. Like, AJ, 
AJ was with a top guy, just like the Bellas were with top guys and all that stuff. So uh, I know people like her, but, man, I don't think she's nearly as revolutionary as people thought she was for the women's division. Now, if you want to talk Sasha Banks, like, you have my fucking attention. Like, that's someone who I think is, like, a sea change in what women's wrestling can be. But Mm -hmm. to me, AJ was just, like, uh, someone who they got behind her character. To me, AJ never had it in the fucking ring. And she was an okay talker, but she wasn't like a great promo or something. Yeah. But uh, I don't think that what you got to think about when it comes to Punk and AJ, yes, we can argue and debate about uh, who was right in all that between Punk and the WWE. But the bottom line is they don't want anything to do with Punk because Punk left. If Punk was here, they wouldn't be like, he may not be in the position that he wanted, but he wouldn't be like ostracized. He would still be like used as a guy who was going to make like mm-hmm. they don't want to hear, they don't want to deal with like people like trying to take over their shows by like chanting like CM Punk, and they don't want to like he's not there, so they're like fuck him. I mean, that's their right to do. I mean, yeah, but uh, even more so now that he's at the UFC. Yeah, sure. I mean, which they claim the UFC is not competition. They clearly think like, it's come competition. On. They clearly think it's competition. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. That stuff's been around before, long before Punk and AJ, and it'll be long after. And uh, I don't know. I think people are too quick to, like, praise AJ and too quick to shit on some of these other. And and maybe it's just me, guys, but I don't see that big of a fucking difference between AJ and these girls that get shit on all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just not there to me. Now, if you want to talk <laughs> Sasha or Becky Lynch, okay, we're talking different calibers of women here. Right. But fucking AJ is, is, to me, in the same ballpark as everyone that's getting trashed. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for the question. We have one final question, and this one's more directed towards Tyler because, uh, you know, I I made I made the uh, decision to go back and listen to some of our old classic memories of the podcast and uh, posted one on YouTube about an elimination chamber. And uh, my fiance loved it so much of your six-person celebrity elimination chamber match. She asked us to do another one, so we're gonna us. One, my, okay, my, I say us, but you know, I, it's, me. it's more you, just me. because you you've got you, do it. you've got quite the wacky mind uh, that we like to dive into. No pressure. I just, oh yeah, no pressure. Is, uh, I don't. You know, it's only my fiance, and you are my best man, so nothing riding on this whatsoever. Um, but she did. She did pose a question. Uh, yeah, another celebrity elimination chamber match. So, so here's what she's got. She wants me, Daniel, myself, to go up against Nega Scott from Scott Pilgrim versus the World, Richard Simmons, Harry Potter, Summer Rae, and a ferret. A ferret. A ferret. A little creature. So, uh, so elimination chamber match featuring myself. Nega Scott, Richard Simmons, Harry Potter, Summer Rae, and Ferret. Well, the finish is obvious. <laughs> <laughs> oh? Yeah. Okay. You and Nega Scott walk out to get <laughs> saying you're going to do brunch. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nega Scott is just a good guy in general. He's <laughs> Once you get to know him. So, okay. Well, take us through it. Who's, who's going to start this matchup? Uh, um... Don't know. <laughs> hmm. So the cage is coming down. Four people or four creatures have entered the pods. Wow. 
And oh, now okay. two two are left to enter the chamber and start the matchup. Who you got? What kind of ferret? It's just a regular ferret. <laughs> yeah, just a regular ferret. You can choose what color fur it has. Brown. Brown fur. Light brown. Light brown fur. Light brown furred ferret. Well, I guess we'll go with the bird and the ferret. The bird? Like, All right. The bird and ferret. So Summer Ray and a ferret kick off this matchup. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna get a drink. It's gonna be a while. Uh, <laughs> hmm. So, so walk us through. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm envisioning it now. We've got the uh, we've got the chamber, and we've got Summer Ray and a little ferret in the ring. Yeah. All right. And uh, I guess Summer Ray just she likes the ferret. Yeah. You know, it's like a, a cute little thing, and she wants to pet it. Mm-hmm. And uh, ferrets are what nuts. They're crazy, right? I mean, they can be. Can they can be. be pretty calm. They can? I don't know too I mean, much about ferrets. I know some people keep them as pets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one wants to win the title. So this one, Yeah, this one's going for gold. This one's going for gold. <laughs> uh, so And not, not the gold hair of Summer Rae, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I guess the ferret's going to trick Summer Rae and mm-hmm. act like all like, Lovey-dovey oh, and, and stuff. Come puss pet in, me. Puss in boots and puss. like lovely eyes, you know. Oh, yeah. pet so me and I, love me. I assume... Well, the ferret is just gonna be like, it's just gonna be petted and stuff. Yeah. And like, oh, and the clock <laughs> is ticking down, right? And so so it's stalling. Fer- yeah, it's stalling. So it has an accomplice in this matchup. Yes. Okay. So oh, summer eight. So summer Ray is now petting the ferret. Yeah. In hopes that, uh, in hopes that it can stall long enough for a third entrance. So I guess there's a lot of heavy petting going on. Heavy petting, yes. Going on <laughs> between uh, bird and. <laughs> Bird, Bird and ferret, and then uh, so then after that, uh, Richard Simmons comes in, yeah, and he's happy to be there. He's just happy to be he's anywhere. Happy to be there, yeah. So happy to be alive. He's like, hey, Summer Ray, let's work out. So they're doing like all these exercises mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then Richard Simmons looks at the ferret, yeah, and the ferret looks at Richard Simmons. <laughs> They nod at each other. Oh, the fix is in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they should they should have done something differently because Richard Simmons should have been last. But oh well, it's he he came in third. So well, he they, can't. You know, you can't stall for that long. Yeah, yeah. Because so, eventually, someone else is going to come in. The, so Summer Ray is uh, being attacked by the ferret mm-hmm. and Richard Simmons. Well, he's just laughing. He's just laughing. He's just laughing. Oh, okay. So, so, well, so Richard, right now he's laughing. And then the ferret is like Wait, biting Summer Rae. So Richard Simmons and the ferret are working together. Yeah. What? And instead of ta- attacking well, Summer Rae together, to. he's going to. Okay. After like the the ferret's like biting Summer Rae, and I think like uh, Richard Simmons does like some exercise kick mm-hmm. to the bird. <laughs> to the bird. And then uh, she's on the ground, and the ferret pins the bird. One, two, three. Wow. So the ferret takes out Summer Rae. Well, Richard Simmons. Kicks the bird. Right. She falls on the ground. So then she's down and Ferret gets the pin. All right. So yeah. now we've got Richard Simmons and a Ferret in the Elimination Chamber. Uh, nuts. Um, do they? I mean, do they turn on each other or are they waiting for the next opponent? They're waiting like, for the next opponent. So it's going to be like a two-on-one yeah. scenario. They're hoping the numbers yeah. work in their favor. I'm pretty sure that the uh, Richard Simmons and the Ferret are doing exercises in the ring. Yeah? Yeah. Like, does the ferret do flips or anything? Yeah, or? stuff okay. like that. And the ferret's just rolling nuts. around. Can I say that whenever I was, like, younger, and uh, I don't know, maybe I was, like, 
eight or nine or something. I used to do like sweat into the oldies with, <laughs> with my mom. My mom would do sweat into the oldies of the Richard Simmons thing, and I would do it with it. I don't know why. I, I saw the name, so I I shared. That's cool. It's, it's not a. It's not relevant to your match in the least. <laughs> other than I did the sweat into the oldies too, I believe. <laughs> with my mom. All right. So you still got Richard Simmons and the ferret in the ring together. Yeah. So they're they're working out. They're getting their yeah. stretches on. Summer Rae's already taken care of. She's gone. Mm-hmm. Bird Law is Bird Law is, is gone. gone and over with. So the time is ticking down. Five, four, three, two, one. And door opens and out comes Nega Scott. Nega Scott. Yeah. Nega Scott. Um, here's the crazy thing about Nega Scott. We don't know too much about him. We don't. He's a wild card, I guess. Yeah. But he's also nice. Okay. He's also nice. So, um, so there's about to be a showdown, right? Okay. But he goes, it's Nega Scott versus Richard Simmons, and the ferret is run all over the ring. So he's just, he's, is he a beat trying to distract Nega Scott? Yes. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Well, Nega Scott is paying attention to him, but he's not. He's looking at him, then he turns his, his eye to Richard Simmons. Those red eyes. The red eyes. Yeah. Were they red? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So nega. they lock up, right? Richard Simmons and Nega Scott lock up. Yeah. And it's intense. It's intense. And um, <laughs> I don't know where it's going. Uh, uh, so they're doing holds mm-hmm. for a while. And then um, he gets them in a, uh, what's the hold called? Where it's like, he gets behind them and he's doing a, I forgot what that's called. Like a bear hug? No, I don't think that's what it's called. Uh some sort of lock from behind or whatever. Who's he? Uh, Richard Simmons. Is Richard Simmons Nega. behind Nega Scott. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <so ridiculous>. uh, <laughs> and then he grabs him by the hip and then he does like a hula hoop thing. Mm-hmm. Bring it around town. Yeah, bring it around town. <laughs> Nega Scott doesn't, doesn't like that. <laughs> so one thing I don't know is Nega Scott have powers. I don't know. That's a good question. Doug? Yes. You're you are official in this situation. Okay. Does Nega Scott have any powers? Yeah, I think so. Okay. What's his powers? Any any word on his official uh, power? He's more so he's just like the inverse of Scott, so he's like like idiot savant, I guess, with the fighting, and then <laughs> he's just a little bit more nega about it. I don't know. <laughs> Anything so Scott Pilgrim can do, he can do. So he can like pull that. a sword out of his chest. So if he I mean, wanted. you would you would classify Scott as a guy with powers, right? Yeah. So okay, so then he can do what Scott can do. That is true. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm learning more it's good about, to know. I'm learning more about Nick yeah. Scott. Uh, Scott earned the power of love. <laughs> hey, can, so, can I say because we record on nights that Total Divas are on, so we didn't really cover this season, but apparently there's something which is going on right now as we're recording for people who give a fuck. Uh, there's something about on this season where Natalia is about to confront TJ and Cesaro over having like their friendship is like, I guess like too much. And like, she's in the back burner, like almost like they're having some like secret affair or something on it. Mm-hmm. And like, so she's confronting them about their friendship being too awesome and her taking like a back seat to TJ. And so then Tyson kid just tweeted out, let me see this. Hey, uh, Hey Natalia, don't be jealous of my friendship with Cesaro. Last night, both of you were on raw. 
one where a kid armband. Just say it. <laughs> pretty awesome. Wow. <laughs> so we now know. Okay, so Richard Simmons bringing around town. Yeah. On Negascott, and Negascott has powers. Ferret's, so he, Ferret's running he around moves, the ring, and then he grabs his arms and just like throws them off, or like he grabs his. He's like, "Get off me, Richard Simmons!" Yeah. Then he <laughs> is like fighting. He's fighting, not uh-huh. wrestling. Right. Then he like. Because Scott Pilgrim is a fighter. Yeah. Yeah. So he does like this running uh, kick mm-hmm. and he hits Richard Simmons while this stuff's going on. And then another person comes in. Uh-oh. It is... New contestant. Harry New Potter. Potter. Harry Potter is yeah. now in the fight. Yeah. Okay. So while Richard Simmons and Negascott are fighting, Harry Potter goes after the ferret <laughs> and uh, he's hard. he can't hit the ferret with the spells. Harry Potter's a chump. I'm just going to He's say. a chump. He's got mystical powers. Chumpy he's mystical a, powers. He's a wizard. Chump wizard. <laughs> so they're running around the ring, and I think they get in the way of Negascott and Richard Simmons, mm-hmm. and um, he, Negascott, like, then pulls out his sword. Which one? Uh, love, power? Not love. It wouldn't be love. Okay. I guess it'd be power. Scott earned the power of power. So it's that <laughs> sword versus that wand. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did some sort of spell and it bounced off the wand and hit the ferret and the ferret turned to David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so hang on. Back up just a little bit. So Scott Pilgrim does a spell and it bounces off of Harry no, Potter. No, no, no. Harry Potter does a spell. Uh-huh. Does one and it hits the sword. Oh, it hits and the sword. Bounces off and hits the ferret. Hits the ferret and poof! Out of nowhere, it's fucking David Bowie. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> ferret Bowie. <laughs> David Bowie, former champion of a celebrity elimination chamber match. Yeah, David Bowie. And uh, they're like, whoa. And uh, so Negascott and uh, Harry Potter are still fighting. I think it gets to a point where the sword hits the wand Mm -hmm. and like breaks it. So Harry Harry Potter's wand is now broken. Yeah, it is now broken. Uh oh. And uh, and then what's it called? Negascott actually uh, does a jump kick. And hits, whoosh. he hits Harry Potter in his chest. Mm-hmm. He goes down, mm-hmm. and then Richard Simmons is on top of him, doing like stomping and stuff, and doing some exercising, sweating. Yeah, and then he gets on the top turnbuckle, and then like jumps off of it and lands on Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And he gets the one, two, three. So Harry Potter is out. Harry Potter is out. Harry Potter is out. But he didn't last too long. Yeah. So now we've got Negascott, Richard Simmons, David Bowie in the ring. Yeah. I'm still in the pod. Thank, now now thank you're go- in the ring. Okay, now I'm in. <laughs> now you're in the ring. Dang it. I thought I could have held off a little bit longer. Oh, well, yeah. But then, what can you do? Once those pod doors open, it's all out all yeah. out war. Well, then you run in. I right? run in. Yeah, you I'm run not, in. I'm not much of a runner, but for this kind of match. You grab Richard Simmons. Yeah. And you bear hug the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. He taps out. He taps out, he so taps. I make Richard Simmons submit yeah. to the bear hug, yeah, he's which out. I learned from you. Yeah. All right. So he's I'm, out. I'm liking that. 
I'm digging that. I'm fine with that. So it's you, Nega Scott, and David Bowie. Uh-huh. And, uh... Hmm. Nitty gritty now. Yeah. Then, y'all are all, like, in the ring, like, facing each other. Yeah. Triangle of death. Yeah. <laughs> and then, all of a sudden, you and David Bowie mm-hmm. team up versus Nega Scott. Got this. Yeah, well, Nega Scott beats the shit out of y'all. <laughs> Oh <laughs> yeah, oh that's no good. And then he gets cocky. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And then he goes up to you. He's about to do a move to you. Yeah. David Bowie was like, "Hey, am I am I like up against the corner? Like, uh, or am I like, you yeah, know, come you're on?" The corner, or, and David you know. Bowie is like just laid out in the ring. And so like, I'm standing, com- but David Bowie's no, down. No, you're like sitting against the bottom rope. Okay. Predator. And he comes up to him, and then. David Bowie is whispering, or he's trying to say something negative. He's like, what'd you say? And he goes up to him, and then he blew some Ziggy Stardust <laughs> in his eye. Ziggy Stardust! Yeah. And then he <laughs> kicks him in the nuts. Yeah? Yeah. But then, all of a sudden, you get up. Oh? Yeah, and you clothesline him. Clothesline who? Negascott? Uh, yeah, Negascott. Okay. And then you run off the ropes, and then you do like a big splash to him. <laughs> and then... It's you're on top of him, mm-hmm. and you get the one, two, three. So Nega Scott is out. Yeah, I thought you said he and I team up. No, no, no. Him end. and David, uh, you and David Bowie team up. Oh, all right. So it's so it's down to me and David Bowie. Yeah. Okay. And then final two. Yeah, I've come so far. Well, something weird was happening with David Bowie. Huh? Like something's not quite right. <laughs> And uh, I swear to God, if you say he turns into Nega Scott, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, the spell's about to wear off, so he goes back to ferret. Oh, okay. He goes back to so ferret. he's back to a ferret. Yeah. So it's so you versus a this. ferret. So it's me versus a ferret. Yeah. All right. You're having a hard time trying to catch that ferret. I'm not very fast. Yeah. He's small and tiny and quick. Well, you have food in your back pocket. Thank God for that. Yeah, and you also have a bag. In it's the not corner. squished, is it? Because I mean, if I was uh, well, if I was down on the ground, you know, well, the crackers are squished. Crackers are squished. Damn. But there's that that bag you kept by one of the chambers, mm-hmm. and you keep tons of food in there. So while he's running, while the ferret's running around, I have yeah. Well, he's to... he's biting you. Ah, yeah. And you try to get him off and stuff, and you th- you go up to the metal like the, the chains, and you're just beating the shit out <laughs> of like the ferret. So like, do I grab him by the tail and just start like banging him against the cage? Well, or no, no, no. Or? He's biting you, so you're hitting him. Oh, okay. You know, so, like, he's, like, he's, he's like, on. lashed onto my arm, and I'm, like, slamming my arm into yeah, the chains? Yeah, okay. yeah. And the plexiglass. And yeah, well, he's still, off me. he's still going nuts. He's yeah. now trying to bite all, like, all your body and stuff like that. And then... As long as he doesn't hit any good, like, arteries or veins, then I'm okay. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's going to hurt, There's but some blood. A little bit. But, um... I can tough through You're beating it. the shit out of him, but he's still going nuts. Nothing's affecting this little ferret. Yeah. And, um... So... He's going nuts after he bites you. He's running around the ring, and he's climbing on everything. And you go get your food, right? Right. And you put it all in the pile. Well, you make a little trail, put it in a pile. He, he follows the trail. He's eating it. <laughs> so during all this time, he's like biting me while I'm setting a well, trail. Well, no, he's done biting okay. you, and he's so he just he's stops nuts. biting me. And he bites you, and then he runs around, bites you some more, and he runs around. Okay. And then so he stops while, for a while. So there's a small lull. There's a time period where he is not biting me and just going absolutely insane. Yeah. So during this time. I set up a trail of food. Yeah, and he follows it. 
and he's eating it, and you pick him up, right? You grab his head and you grab his tail, uh-huh. and then you do the world's strongest slam to the ferret, <laughs> and then you're on him like, and then you go one, two, three, and you're the winner. Yes, I love it. Well, it would have been different if he was stay of David Bowie, I would think, but it would have had a lot more importance. But yeah, was it the real David Bowie? No, it was a cheap knockoff. Okay, so yeah, it was a spell. Yeah, but you won. So I am the winner. Yeah. Of the Elimination Chamber yes. match. All right. And then after the match, Negus Scott comes in and we walk off and... Yeah, yeah we always shake hands. Okay. Well, and, good uh, stuff. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Doug, what do you think about that Elimination Chamber match? <laughs> He's snoring. He's sleeping. Yeah. It's, uh, it's time to wrap well, it up. I hope so. you like that, Kelsey. I, I tried. <laughs> I was a little weary about it, but I didn't know what to do, but I, it, it happened. Yeah. Maybe we'll get another one. Maybe we won't. We'll see. So, uh, but thank you everyone for submitting your questions. We certainly appreciate it. Make sure to submit your questions on our YouTube channel, WNS Video. Also, our Facebook page, WNS Podcast. Check us out on WrestlingNewsSource.com and WrestlingNewsSource.com on Facebook. And subscribe to us on iTunes by searching Wrestling News Source Podcast. Uh, You can find us on Stitcher, BeyondPod, and Player.fm. Just search Wrestling News Source Podcast to find us. Hey, the podcast is on Twitter at WNS Podcast. Daniel's at WNS underscore Daniel Tyler's at Tyler underscore Amber. There you go. Really good stuff. So uh, for the podcast crew, I am Daniel Heron. I'm David Bowie. (laughs) I'm Doug. And we will catch you all next week.